Welcome back to episode 31 of the All Music Is Good podcast. The podcast that takes a deep dive into four recent releases. We get right in there to try and work out what's great and sometimes not so great about each one. This week, we're checking out albums from James Blake, Bad Bad Not Good, Coldplay and Madhu Mukhtar. Now, it's been three weeks since our last podcast and it has to be said that the last month of Melbourne lockdown was difficult on the psyche of the whole city and that includes the hosts of this podcast. But whilst my issues manifested themselves via a series of 10-kilometre personal bests, my co-hosts went to a much darker and sinister place in the form of a deep horticultural vortex that will, re- that will require some serious deprogramming tonight via a fine system if you mention such things as soil pH, p- permaculture or updated Bunnings trading hours. So as we drag Arik back to a reality, we do so after a weekend of increased freedoms in Melbourne town as vax rates blasted through 70% on their way to 80%. And a bunch of freedoms that may even mean we need to convene an in-person board meeting to discuss why the hell this podcast continues to chart between 87 and 92 in Israel each week. So it's on those metrics that I welcome to the show my horticulturally demented co-host and partner in crime, Arik Bloom. Arik, welcome back. Thank you, Waza. It's good to be back. And thank you for a uh, very um, accurate uh, basically, a depiction of where my life's been at. It's, it was one of those things where, as I was thinking about the unofficial podcast sponsor this week, I kept on returning to gardening, and I was like, "That's old material, man. You know, like, I can't, yeah. I can't go there again." So, um, look, it is good to be the resident poison ivy of this um, of this podcast. <laughs> Um, there has been plenty of updates. I the can, weed. The, the weed. weed. <laughs> could be the weed. <laughs> <laughs> In so many different respects. I could be the weed. Um, what can I tell you? Look, I mean, just to like front of mind topical stuff. Uh, we just got some planter boxes in and... Um, <laughs> Cha-ching, fine. <laughs> Cha-ching. And, um, and uh, I've actually just scheduled a working bee to put some soil in the planting, planter Cha-ching. boxes. Cha-ching. You're going to pay off your squad cast debt to me this, tonight. I know, I, feel I, am, I am. And yeah. I'm also, I've also got my next project is to dig a moat between yeah. the planter boxes and the grass, which I'm looking forward to populating yes. with dragons. Um, Maybe I should just introduce that sort of James Brown. I gotcha. Yeah, you yeah, know, that'd be good. Fine <laughs> system. That'd be good. Uh, we'll, we'll fix it up in post. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, that sounds nice. Yeah, look, it, it has been nice. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, I mean, you have you have been again just another source of great inspiration to me as you you know send me your 10k run personal bests. I think I. Um, I disclosed to you on the phone that I'm an incredibly competitive guy. So every single mm. time that you send me your 10k PB, it just like like forces me to either go for a run or hate myself. Yeah. Um, but you know what? After we had that conversation a couple of days ago, I've been okay, and I <clears throat> actually haven't run for about a week. But I've <laughs> been doing push-ups and sit-ups, so I thought I'd bring that to the pod for this week and. Um, and and really, it's not about you, was it's just about me and my own sense of, sense of self worth. So you um doing decline sit ups like are you on the decline? Um, I've got I've got a full yeah. I'm doing a bit of decline, a bit of um yeah. just just standard crunches, and also a bit of medicine ball kind of between the legs, lift and lift up and go down. I'm, I haven't done the T twenty five for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's something about it that psychologically I need to really g up to kind of um you know 
get get into the Sean T space, but um, mate, we're we're past it now. We're out. We are. We're out. We're out. So yeah, but it's weird that we're out because I have yeah. not had any any level of excitement or joy as we, yeah. we we get released. I feel as though it's like the Shawshank Redemption. You know what I mean? And and you know you kind of you, like you burrow out of Alcatraz. You don't live your best life. You just kind of. Yeah, right. kind of happy that you've gotten out but like it's not party time i'm not going and you know yeah. doing, no doing armed robbery or you know like driving some hotties um you know and doing some hit and runs like it's not yeah, me yeah. right now i'm, I'm yeah, just you're not chapel straight in that i'm just i'm just happy to just keep a low a low profile and um you know do my best and you know i don't know um Go to the supermarket and not scan in. That's kind of like my oh, yeah. my, my that's, moment that's of rebellion. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like no, I hear that. I'm going to Safeway and just fucking not scanning in, and then like looking at the security guard on my way through, going, "Mate, we're not looking at numbers anymore." Um, it's the, the way I think about it is like it's it feels like equal parts FOMO, like you know, equal parts FOMO and equal parts just wanting to be a hermit. Still, it's kind of 100%. weird. Uh, yeah, it's like you know when you go back. Yeah, it's like when you go kind of backpacking around the world and you meet all these like party people and they're all going to this and they're going to that and then you kind of like don't go but then you feel like you're missing out but then you're also yeah, yeah. like I really just like just being here and being static. That's kind of my vibe right now. It reminds I, I think me of, I um, got to like 10.30 on Friday night and I'm like, fuck it. So I started sending out some phone calls and everyone's like, yeah, well, we're gone. we've gone home. Yeah, gone <laughs> home. That's like, oh, weird. <clears throat> gone home. I, You know, so much so was that like I, I, I had two occasions on the weekend to like get together with friends mm-hmm. and, I, and you know, it was like going to be like a drink, you know, like we're going to drink, we're going to hang. Yep. One drink, one drink and I'm, and I'm just like, I'll just nurse this. And, uh, and let's just have some good old-fashioned conversation and connect. So it's an interesting time, you know. People talk about pandemics. You know, the last pandemic we had, 1918, I guess, and that that was the kind of precursor to the Roaring Twenties. I don't know if this is going to be the precursor to the Roaring, you know, early No, 20s. I think we've roared enough. I think we've roared enough. Yeah. Katy Perry yeah. style. Absolutely. I the tiger. And, and um. that guy as well. Yeah, I don't know where that analogy went. I thought I'd just say it and That's then cool. it would go somewhere and then it didn't. I'm here for it. So anyway. what about you, Was What's been happening apart from your 10K runs? Uh, look, I now manage a COVID clinic because oh, wow. I work in hospital health care. Like, you, like, you do a lot in a fortnight, don't you? It's Oh, man, like you, you don't work – working in healthcare, like it's just sort of like the next level. We're going there now. Like we're going into the deep sort of – the deep place that's going to just – you could go – off a cliff in the next two months. We're hoping it doesn't, but yeah. yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting. You know, been seconded out of our area into critical care areas. That's boring. Um, <laughs> I did. Really um, is. Yeah, yeah, it's boring. No one wants to hear about it now. We want to party. <laughs> um, I did my first gig back last oh, Wednesday night. Good man, what was that? Was that like a in person or online? It was a pre-record for a something that's online um, next year. Cool. Um, and on SBS, I think. I'm not sure. I hope you wore your sunglasses. Did you wear your sunglasses? I'll tell you a couple of things about it. Like, firstly, we were we got to work permits to rehearse at Bakehouse last Sunday and we rehearsed for three hours and then we had some pizzas and beer and I went home and I passed out. Wow. I was wrecked. Like, I can't rehearse anymore. I've got – I'm so um, – it was just – it was loud and like, oh, I'm exhausted. And I, I basically went home. 
and sat in the couch and went to sleep for an hour. It's like, what has happened? What was the vibe of rehearsal? Was it like up and about or were you guys just doing the job? It was like cause we were in the new Belfry yeah, yeah. room at Bakehouse with the windows mm-hmm. and it was just like, oh, so nice. I opened the, opened the window and the punt road and just sort of it – was, it was a nice vibe but like the acoustics in that room are sort of – not that crowded. <laughs> Listen to me. This is gonna. This is where this is going. Okay. Yeah, go because on. then the next thing that happened was that I went to the gig on Wednesday night, and I'm driving on the freeway for the first time in like five months. Do you have Imagine get, Dragons going again? No, no, that was Manchester. Oh, yeah, Orchestra. Manchester Orchestra. And um, I got to the tunnel, the domain tunnel. It said tunnel will be. Oh, well, the gig was from five to nine p.m. Right. This is the call time. Mm-hmm. Drive to the tunnel. Tunnel says close tonight, nine PM to five AM. And I'm just like, you freaking kidding me? <laughs> like the one night of the year, I just want to go across town and then come back, and it's closed at nine o'clock. And I, I got angry. Anyway, we got to the thing, we did it, it was done. We were done by seven thirty, and the best bit of the night was I got to go back through the tunnel. At and it was 7:30. open. That was the best part of the night. Oh, that is like, good. That the is. playing was awesome, but the getting through the tunnel, that was massive. And um, I also got fitted for some earplugs on Friday. Like I've been oh, wow. going to bite the bullet for like two decades. And I did like back in the 90s I had some 25 dB um, earplugs, but they were just too much. They cut out everything. Uh, and I never bothered to replace them. So I went and got some 15 dB earplugs on Friday fitted and so – get them in a week and hopefully I won't be having too many naps on the couch after rehearsal after that. Well, that's, uh, you know, look, it's positive. I mean, if, if, if COVID has taught us anything, it's to, when we reopen, is to pay attention to, pay attention to the toll announcements. <laughs> yes, I should, you know, cause I should have been on that. You know, like I wasn't tuning into uh, ABC traffic helicopter or whatever it was yeah, when I, I mean, was driving across. You need that. In a, you you kind of need that as a regular feed, you know. Um, what do you think they were doing? I mean, like you would have thought they had five months yeah, to like of all the sort fucking their shit nights. out. Of all I was the like, nights, we're three days away from opening the tunnel. Like, oh shit, we better get it sorted. We put that off. It is very disappointing. It is very disappointing. I'm not angry. I was just disappointed. That's right. Look, I had a um, I had my first um, attended studio session the other day. Yeah, I saw that um, on socials. Oh man, it was so exciting, and I've never been so efficient with my time. Like, (laughs) you know, if if COVID's taught you anything, it's to like when we're open, three hour window before you have to sleep. Get (laughs) shit done. I I had I did like four things on that day, and it was um, it was really really exciting, but um. There's definitely an energy up. I think people are pretty hungry to get back in the studio. Mate, it's coming quick. It's going to happen soon. Speaking of the energy of uh, creating, it is our great pleasure to bring back to the podcast. It's almost like a holy trinity. It's his third go and um, it just keeps it's on the getting... the first male to be invited back three times. And it's the first man to be invited back three times. Well, Ryan Munro... But oh, sorry. It's the second. Second man. We tried it out first. We did a test run. We did a test just run. Just to see that it was possible. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and look, we are absolutely thrilled for him to be back. A, a creative tour de force in so many ways. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with great pleasure to bring back to the podcast on episode 31, the one and only Mr. Kumar Shone. 
Hello, hello, hello. Uh, it's good to be Buzz Aldrich. Welcome back, Kuma. You, know, you can call me Buzz Aldrich. Show. <laughs> you know, the second the second man yeah, on the greatest well. podcast of all time, you know. We all know that Ryan <laughs> is officially Buzz, Lance Buzz now. Buzz Aldrich. Oh, so, so, yeah, Ryan might be Lance. Yes. I got both names wrong. See, That's man. hilarious. Neil and Buzz Aldrich. No, <laughs> shut, Buzz shut up, Wazza. Shut up, Wazza. I'm done. It's a, I'm, insult the guests no, no, as soon no. as they get on. No, it's like the thing is it's a Monday night. I'm a bit, I'm a bit tired, but I'm going to bring that energy yes. for um, the review. Views, you know, are ready. You know, I did. Kuma, I did the don't, Kuma, you, don't you go Kuma, apologizing? Don't you go Kuma, apologizing? You, you were been uh, working. Did you find that you had to get home and have a sleep after after your first work back? Well, I think my brain has gone a little bit to a, a little bit. See, I can't even speak. There you go. This is already happening. But um, look, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I've just answered your question with no words. You know, like Ronan Keaton. I've said it best when I said nothing at all. So yeah, you know, it's true. It's true, yeah. and and Kuma, I just want to let you know that um, we're going to have none of Waz's back chat tonight, and in, and I'm happy to just stand by the fact that Lance Armstrong was the f- was the first no. cyclist so, so, uh, to uh, win a whole bunch of man, Tour de France, and man, you are man like <laughs> no, it's Neil Armstrong and Buzz <laughs> Aldrin, yeah. Yeah, Old, Aldrin. 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 Who's Aldrich? Shit, I want to know who Aldrich. Maybe I'm thinking of Lars Ulrich. Maybe that's maybe he's La- the second man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. You know what? And then Kuma? Mike Collins was up flying the uh, <laughs> yeah. these the uh, shuttle around while they were going to the moon. As what well. a start! I'm happy. I'm what happy, a start! I'm happy. The lem. I've cooked it from I'm the happy, outset. Kuma, I'm happy, <laughs> Kuma, for you to just be our resident Lars Ulrich, and let's just commit man. To that. I do. I do not um, want to be the resident Lars Ulrich. You know, <laughs> and we and, and we'll, we'll we'll touch on that a bit later in our um, Instagram like of the week because was before we do get there. As I as I talk to Kuma, I would like a little bit of an update on what Lars is doing. So, um, oh, if you can fire. just go and do some research. But look, Kuma, tell us what's been happening. Um, I, I believe before we press play, it sounded like you've got a bunch of things on the go. So yeah, just, so uh, um, fill us in. Oh, look, I mean, look, like you know, there's. You know, uh, at the moment, it's just kind of like, I guess, the time away from actually playing. Um, you know, it's it's kind of been good, but I think the really just recently, I've just kind of had that more drive, and it's I'm gonna actually, you know, get this album out somehow, somehow, in some in some way. So I've started just really working towards that. Started doing these kind of final mixes and masters with um, Simon Russell, who's actually engineering and. Um, but yeah, you know, just just really focusing on my original music at the moment. I've started writing again, not so much shredding, right. which has been really good. Um, so yeah, just working on a few projects. Um, what else have been doing? You know, I've been doing a similar thing to uh, Waza, but not as extreme. Like I've done this kind of. I, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called the Couch to Five K. Couch to Five K. Couch to Five K. Hey, it's awesome, man. So well, that's a good you. one. Yeah, so I've just started just doing that. Um, look, I'm not doing 10Ks like was it, but I've, you know, I'm trying to do like, you know, almost 4Ks or even, even like, you know, close four, four to 5Ks a day. So yeah, you know. I started on Couch to 5K. Yeah. You're there, man. Oh, bro. Yes. I'm at 6.4 at the moment, but like, I, I like, um, I kind of teetered at like 4Ks for a good six months. Um, yeah, like, you know, like, like in the, in the, in the hallow words of our spiritual leader Warren Hunter, if you can do five, you can do ten. Yeah. So if you can, no, no, I'll get there, you know. But I'm just like, you know, because I'm doing it like 
pretty much almost every day. So that's it's good. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so huge. yeah. So How's keep, your body feeling? Oh, it feels good. You know, just doing the road work every day. You know, it's all it's always good. You get the road yeah. work in. But um, what else have been Gotta doing? Love I mean, the road work. but you know, speaking of road, I've been, getting the interval training in. Uh yeah, I do. I do. I do a little bit. Like I do. You know. I don't like talking about fitness, but, you know, all these things like burpees and, you know, like Bulgarian squats and all this kind of rubbish like that. Oh, yeah. So, but, um, aesthetics, baby. Yeah. But, um, one thing I've been getting into is actually boxing. You know, I've been checking out, like, watching some boxing fights recently. Ah. Did you watch the, um, Wilder Fury fight? I sure watched, I sure did watch that fight. Ooh. How amazing was that? Great fight. I feel they've the brought, I feel they've brought back heavyweight boxing. I feel, I thought it was kind of dead for a bit. Agreed. You know, heavyweight boxing is back. Are you uh, going to be tuning into the Canelo Plant middleweight? Hundred uh, percent this weekend, or oh uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel I just I, like I like Plant, but Canelo is absolutely going to slaughter him. I'm just going to say it. he's going to slaughter. Him. Bless. Like, like how Canelo. we sl- slaughtered um, Saunders. In terms of is it fixed or not? Who, who, wait, who slaughtered Saunders? Did Canelo slaughter Saunders? Hundred percent. Did you did you see that fight? He fully broke his eye socket. Mm, I, I missed that one. Oof. Yeah, he's a tough. He's a tough dude. Yeah, I've, it's that look, beef. I've it's that horse meat. You Canelo. know, it is the horse meat. <laughs> I've been um I've been following Can- the Canelo plant lead up, and um, it's been it was really interesting because um, like Plant, who's like this American guy, was like, "I'm gonna bash your ass, motherfucker," and and Canelo was like. Don't you fucking talk about my mother like that? And and, and for the last for the for the last three months, ev- everything about the fight is Canelo like getting revenge for Plant talking about his mother like that. And it's just like it's so great. It's like an episode of The Simpsons. I love it. Yeah, but that's the thing about boxing. They just fully they talk so much smack prior, and at the end of they're just hugging it out. Well, you like to see them hug it yeah. out, you know. So yeah. That's so true. Yeah. So music-wise, Kuma, um, is it the Punkawallas record? Is this yeah, the Punkawallas record. This 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 third album. I've been sitting on it, and I'm gonna put it out. I'm gonna put it out. It's gonna be, you know, look. I don't want to. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it. It's gonna, I truly no, believe. You say it. I'm gonna say it. I might curse myself, but I'm gonna say it. But I truly believe, like, for the first time, like in a long time, I actually feel like I actually have something to say artistically and. This record Amazing. encompasses encompasses it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited to put it out. But that's the same. I'm not going to rush it. I want to make sure all this mixing yep. and mastering, everything's right. And I'm going to put it out, you know, and, I'm yeah, I'm going to play my little heart out. Or should I say shred my little heart out, you know? So, yeah. Shred your little heart out. Yeah. yeah. So that's here, what I here, Kuma. That's fucking awesome. Um, question, like, as we kind of emerge from lockdown and thinking, you know, I, I guess, you know, you do a lot of recording for other people where you might record from home. And, yeah, I record know, from home. All these sh- and you do all these shred fests again, like in, like on your own. <laughs> and then I guess I'd imagine you're also teaching. Yeah, like I'm teaching students a lot. Yeah. On your own. And yeah. did, uh, did you get to a point where like creatively it almost, you know, I mean, I, I reflect on like, that solo creativity from lockdown one, which I kind of really enjoyed. And then this time I'm just, I cannot do another day on my own. Like, yeah, but I just have to be with people. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. But I, I make sure to do like a zoom call with people here and there, you know, and I just like someone yeah. like, you know, like, you know, just, just talking music, even if just, I ring my friend, I call my mate and we're just, we're just talking about music and we're just talking. I've been checking out a lot of Pat Metheny podcasts recently. That's been really inspirational. Hmm. I know Ooh, if you've heard some yep. of those 
podcast, but like, you know, you get past all the guitar talk, some really inspirational kind of points he talks about. It's like, you know, you got to make, you got to create history. And like, even though the history is not created <laughs> at the, at the actual time, you know, it's going to influence generations. Like at the time, Pat Metheny talked about how Bright Size Life at its time, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really a big record. It's only 20 years later. It's influenced the whole, you know what I mean? It's influenced the whole generation. So that really inspires me, you know, it's, like, you know, just, yeah. It's really interesting that 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 that, that concept. And I think like when, when Kanye's record came out, Questlove like said a very similar thing, which was like for people to come and say this is an all-time classic after it's been out for 25 minutes, it's just fucking rubbish. Like a record... A record has its meaning when people have lived with it and have returned to it, not not necessarily just on the first listen. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, like this, this, this. Um, I mean, this whole podcast. Actually, you know, I'm looking. Another thing that's inspired me is actually listening to the podcast. You know, all seriousness, though, all seriousness. <laughs> it's been really that's good. Awesome. That's, that's two comp. That's two compliments in a year now. I mean, this is getting too much. <laughs> no, Chelsea no, no. Last week, and- no, but. No, but seriously, it's been really good because you've introduced me to new music, like you know, with the albums we're going to go through today. But um, but even like listening to like you know, I listen listen to the I listen to all the episodes, the recent episodes recently. You know, like um, the one with Ivan, the one with Chelsea was good. That was a the good one, one with Niasha. You know, I mean, they're all they're all been great, and it's just like these artists I've never come across them. It's only because of the podcast I actually listen to these albums that I kind of opened my you know musical horizons. So yeah. So question, Kumar, like who do you pay most attention to in the ratings? Like, you know, would you – if you look at the Instagram account and see that Arik gave it a five but I gave it a nine, like would you pay more attention to that? All right, or? this is going to be controversial. Wait. I love you both guys. Right, let's, go, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know what? I actually listened to the guest. Uh, yeah, good answer, great answer. No, great it's, answer. Because, it's because um, it's really interesting, you know, because I think, you know, uh, from that kind of level of, okay, you know – like, uh, for example, like Jules, like, you know, I've known Jules for quite some time. So I know what his personality is. And then when uh, he makes that judgment, it often will surprise me. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, okay, I wonder where that's yeah. coming from. That surprises me. Mm. For some reason, I can kind of guess was it's all about the mix. And Arik is something about <laughs> something out of the ordinary. And like, you know, just really kind of like, it, it's got to blow my mind in a second kind of thing. Like, and I, I'm saying this with absolute love. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It's good to know. So, I mean, uh, like... It's good to be rated it's on, good to have on these ad- analytics. <laughs> you know, but... Um, Hilarious. Yeah. Well, you know what, Kumar? Tonight we're going to fucking flip that right on its head because we're going we're gonna to come at this podcast completely with, un- with from unexpected positions. Was is going to talk all about the spirit and the intention. Okay. And I'm going to talk... <laughs> the spirit and I'm going to talk... I'm going to talk all about... The Not EQ one word on of 4K. Instrument. No 4K. Yeah. No 4K oh, from Was. I just spent it in my 4K. My hearing's really bad. Yeah, that's Speaking what, of 4K. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's had the hearing test. <laughs> Look, 4K it, it's is great to have you... Yeah, anyway, anyway, sorry. No, you yeah. go ahead. What? You I'll, go ahead, Coombs. I'm just going to... Like, it's a state of mind 4K. It's not really a sonic of, you know... It's not science. It's all spiritual. It's not science. I'll put it up on. Uh, I'll put it up on the Instagram account this week. My audiology uh, Please, chart. That would be actually great. I, I expect that was. I, got, so I, got, I don't want that to be a throwaway. I got comment. a question for you guys. I don't know if you do this, but this is one thing. Like, I used to do, and I reckon because since we're, op- you know, hope, you know, I'm not going to say. It. I'm going to say opening up. I'm just going to say that. No hope or anything because worse. But like one thing I like to do is I like to get get my ears properly cleaned. Once a year. Oh, mate. Oh, I did Twice that two weeks ago, dude. Yeah. Twice a year. 
I got my micro suction. Oh, micro suction, one hundred percent. Don't oh fuck around God. with as a don't kid, fuck around with a syringing. No, no, the best. As a mm. kid, I used to hate the micro suction. Now I think I live for the micro suction. You know. <laughs> so, are you guys on the on the hot hustle that all you need to do is just show up to the Ear and Eye Hospital in Fitzroy no. at seven a.m. and you just get it done for free? No, yeah, no. What yeah, are you yeah, do- yeah. What are you talking about, man? No way. <laughs> no way, <laughs> for man. Real. Who knows yeah. where that? Who knows yeah, where yeah. that suction hose has been, bro? You know, like that's that's the hot hustle. That's a hot hustle. So, so basically, I, I, want, I, I want to sterilize I, suction hose, man. You know, no, no, no. It's fine. They're good people. I, um, <laughs> I. Uh, what was it? What's their intention? Do you think though? I don't know, but look, I've got narrow ear canals, so my me too. Yeah, yeah the, which apparently I've heard is actually a musician's affliction. Um, right. Uh, like apparently, like like I don't know if if it's like. A People with narrow ears are better musicians. No, no, it's yeah, not necessarily better up. musicians, but like inclined <laughs> to maybe. It's already begun. To maybe move the switch has music. already begun. It has begun. <laughs> the switch has begun. <laughs> so, anyways, I I I get I get ear blockages twice a year. Yeah, like me too. Clockwork. And yeah. and I used to go get them syringed by a doctor. Me too. And then the doctor was like, "Look, if you actually do music." Multiple syringes, like twice a year, is probably too much, and it could damage your eardrum. You need yep. to go to you need to go get it suctioned. And oh my god! Basically, I um and, and she gave me the hot tip. She said, "I oh, just go to ear and eye hospital." And I went there once, like on a Saturday, and I had to wait like twelve hours in the waiting room, which was just the worst. Yep. And then I was like, "I will never do that again." <laughs> Next minute, I'm like, "I will go there at six a.m. on a Tuesday," and. Bang straight in, yeah, right. and I yeah. just said, "Look, it's an emergency. I've got to fly, and I, I can't. I, you know, I've got a show, and I've got to fly." And then, and you go straight in. They go, "Bang, bang, bang. See you later." And they give you also all them fucking amazing chemicals that they give you. Like there's this shit that you put straight yeah, into yeah, your ear that like, yeah, yeah. It, like turns into fizz. Yeah, yeah, we're all there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. So, like, anyways, ear and eye hospital any day of the week before seven a.m. and you just go straight in, walk straight out. I'm not going to my place in Brighton anymore. I mean, I love the white wine that they give you while you're in the waiting room, but I think I need to go to like 6 a.m. at INEM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it, not pay the 100 bucks. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Uh, although, and like, you also get to be really smug and go, oh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm a musician. <laughs> I'm a musician. No, I, I, yeah, I remember yeah. like, yeah, I remember when I got it, like you put the money down, got the clean. And I remember like literally walking in harmonic. I can hear the harmonics in the clouds and all that kind of stuff, you know? Like, oh, oh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, it it's like, when you, it's actually, like when you have a, cl- you know, when you have a full, um, full close, uh, what you call it, cutthroat shave and you just walk at like one kilometer per hour and like the air becomes your moisturizer, you know, like that's the kind of feeling, you know? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like when Neo it's like when Neo takes the blue pill in the Matrix. Just yeah. everything just <laughs> opens up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Like I've only just got onto the microsuction in the last three weeks. Like the first time after like getting them flushed and having oh, yeah, like yeah, a, a idiot first year GP yeah. in the, on the Sunshine Coast trying to unblock them after being in the ocean. I was just like, dude, you stuffed it. And, yeah, uh, well, the, this is great. Like a lot of people, I think they call it the Sumerian method, you know, like the whole flushing of the water. That's just like, that's just always, you know, been such a thing that's been, because everyone, you know, the idea of just putting something bigger than your elbow into your ear is like the worst, yeah. you know, that that's the whole thing. And they've got these, all these kind of crazy ear picks and all this kind of stuff. But the suction, it's the best, you know, obviously like for me, the old, like when they put like, it's like some kind of olive oil. Which is really good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they say olive oil is the best thing. Yeah, because it's like it's yep. it's, it's a natural lubricant rather than water, because you know water can yeah. 
hilariously when they said it's like it, hot water can dehydrate your ear you know like it's it's crazy you know but yeah I feel like we've done a community service announcement tonight <laughs> for the like, you know, yeah, yeah. the totally. uh, the twenty people in Australia and the three people in Israel who listen to this podcast, and <laughs> it's you know, people going to know about microsuction, hundred yeah. percent microsuction all the way. Well, look, <sighs> maybe that's the rating scale. You know, maybe that's the rating scale for today. You know, ooh, that's controversial. That is controversial. <laughs> sorry, but sorry. let's let's put it on the list. <laughs> Kumar's just come in and is like, "This is my podcast." I didn't say um, that, man. Hey. This- no, I'm playing, I'm playing. about switching and all that, you know? You know? Yeah, no, actually, that's a good point. Um, in fact, you know Kumar what? Let's, Bloom, let's switch you know? this whole thing up. Let's, let's switch this whole thing up and um, we might throw to Kumar for the Instagram like of the week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> uh, um, no, no, so th- there will be some switch-ups tonight um, and – but we will, will return to regular programming just for a minute because um, we are just nowhere near that fluid. Waza, no. <laughs> could you take us to the Instagram like of the week? Speak for yourself, Ari. But um, the Instagram like of the week is a segment that celebrates. A new Instagram account we've come across between episodes. Each week I invite my co-host and this week's celebrity guest. I've still got Chelsea Ritt- Wilson written in my template. That's fine. We're this switching it up. Celebrity guest, I'm switching it up. Kumo Shroom to guess who or what this mystery account may be. As I like to reiterate each episode, we aren't about the thrills of a cheap like. It's about honouring others with an all music is good like on their account. So it's a select group who received this honour. In our last episode, we welcomed all-time NBA point-scoring champion and karate expert Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Great pick. And I just had a look, Arik. Yeah. Um, I did, not much going on Lars's account. Um, Lisa Curry is having a um, holiday, is having a yoga retreat up in the Sunshine Coast. So uh, she's got a new school whereby she invites guests onto her um, retreat. Did Layla Ali's child compete in a boxing match this week? Because I, I saw Muhammad Ali's grandkid was um, fought on the weekend. Was that Layla Ali's kid? You might want to ask the resident boxing expert. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's Layla Ali's nephew. I think it's a different, different um, okay. sibling. Yeah. Okay. I good, think so. Good yeah. To know. What's um any uh, Nico any other Ali? I think movie? his name is Nico Ali. Okay, cool. Yeah. Are there any other big moves, moves and shakes on the um, on the on the pod, on the Instagram uh, page? I just had a quick look. There's not much going on. Um, Megan's usually, Megan Markle's usually pretty pretty active. Danny Minogue's the most active oh, I the find these days. Um, I know Lars' dad had his um, birthday last week. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is, is doing his, some stuff. Is his name's is his name Buzz Ulrich? <laughs> no, you know Buzz. what? I, we I, talked about this. Like seriously, I, I think I know who Buzz. I think I think it's a fusion guitarist. I'm thinking of. No joke. Yeah, like a guy yeah. played with Dave Wickelband. Dave Wickelband. I'm going to actually look into this. Please do. Please do yeah, look please, into please it. Please do. Anyway, um, guys, this week our is oh, I've got this week our IGLOTW mystery person is the son of a middle class civil engineer. He studied philosophy, politics, and economics at Oxford University, graduating with honours. Okay. So, okay. what is studied? What? Sorry, engineering. 
engineering. No, no, his dad was an engineer. Yeah. He okay. studied philosophy. Philosophy. Okay. Politics and economics. Where was the, where was the university again? Uh, it's it's called um, Oxford University. Okay. I believe it's north of London. Okay. North of London. Qu- okay. Quite famous, apparently. You're not, you're not confused for Oxford, um, Arkansas, you know, there's another, you know, like, anyway, don't worry about it. I'm just, don't could worry be, about it. Could well, be Oxford, Arkansas. It's going to reveal itself. Buzz Oxridge. Um, <laughs> interestingly enough, he was on the last flight out of Dakar in 1971, just before the Pakistani army moved into East Pakistan now Bangladesh, and the Liberation War of 1971. I mean, I'm going to just go out there, but it just feels way too... No, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Well, just go. Just mix it up, too. Well, I'm... Um, I mean, there's a couple of angles we can look at this. No, no, you... No, can, I, can, I ask, can I answer, yeah, can you, I you ask a question corner. about this person? Yeah, I might not know the answer, but you can ask. All right, cool. Is this person Indian? No, he's not. Okay. Okay. They're not. Are they Pakistani? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I think so. Okay. Continue. After winning a prestigious sporting event with his team, instead of thanking them, he talked about the cancer hospital he wanted to build in honor of his mother, which he did end up putting, which he did end up building some years later. Okay. In 1996, he formed his own political party and eventually went on to become Prime Minister. Okay, cool. I know. Imran Khan. It's got to be Imran Khan. Imran Khan. It's the line of Lahore. Imran Khan. Good work. So maybe I was a bit, um, when I said, I think he's Pakistani, maybe I... (laughs) He's definitely Pakistani. Pakistani. Well, I I was going to go Imran Khan early, but that was also, it just felt like too much of a... um, too obvious. So, yeah. When I say Pakistan, that the only person you know from Pakistan is Imran Khan. Well, I just. I mean, <laughs> well, what Warren just call it? Could have been Inzaman Al Haq. Could have, or it could have been Waka Yunus. Is Inz- could have been Inzaman um, Al Haq. Yeah, Shoab Akhtar. Oh, no, Shoab Akhtar was Indian. No, Shoab Akhtar was Pakistani. He was a rubble of Pakistani. Pindi, oh, yeah, yeah, rubble Pindi Express. Yeah. Oh, that's right, the Royal Pindi Express, yeah. of course. So, Iman, yeah, I mean, Iman Khan, he's now, he's still the Prime Minister of Pakistan. Yeah. He's still, yeah, yeah. Do you know, yeah. guys, yeah. speaking of um, sports players becoming um, presidents, do you know about Manny Pacquiao? I do yeah, know about Manny Pacquiao. Go for, has, he, has he got uh, the nom? Is he, is he on the way in? Oh, I think I don't, I don't know, dude. I mean, I read an article about it the other day, and they just said he like he's running on an anti-corruption platform. But he's a Duarte guy, isn't he? No, he was a Duarte guy, but now he's gone up. He's gone anti-Duarte, yeah, he's and gone. Duarte is putting his daughter up um, as uh, next prime minister. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's all getting very yeah. interesting. And also, um, I'm pretty sure is it the Prince of Monaco who was like an athlete as well? He was like a famous like Winter Olympian. I uh, know. Is like enough. Uh, wow, I, I mean, obviously, that. the Queen's daughter was an Olympic silver medalist yeah. um, in equestrian. Um, I'm not sure about yeah. um, Prince Albert. Is it Albert? Prince Albert, Prince I'm pretty Albert? sure. Yeah, I think I've, I have a feeling yeah. he was like some sports athlete. I have a feeling he was like a winter Olympian or something like that. But um, hmm. yeah, you know, anyway. Well, look, it is a, it, it's, an ex, it's exciting to welcome Imran Khan to the um, yeah. illustrious. Uh, the illustrious group that is the All Music Is Good Instagram like of the week. And, and the third Prime Minister or Chancellor we have now. I know you, oh, you oh, do X. like you No, do he's like the only current leaders. one. I do. He's the only current. Is he going to um, the COP26? 
Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I'd be keen yeah. to, could be good to know that they're a big country. Since, since we're talking, since we're talking sports, I think at the time of this podcast, I don't know if anyone follows cricket, but Pakistan just absolutely destroyed India in the T Twenty World Cup. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Yeah. Like Virat Kohli, they had to win that game. To yeah. And they absolutely smashed Go on, what, Kuma, what were you saying? I'm just like, who, apparently, like, the Indian media has been going on absolute Virat Kohli's, like, you know, absolutely smashed. They're just the, I don't know, I don't know what the, the feedback to Kohli and his team. Vitriol. Like, yeah, it's like, because, you know, India does so well at these events and Pakistan, yeah. you know, I mean, Pakistan does well, but the the way Pakistan absolutely worked India, my word. Anyway. Anyway, there's there's been some real love hate towards Virat in the last year or two. Like uh, he, he the, you know, he and his wife have uh, getting a bit of the tall poppy syndrome. I've I've noticed. Oh yeah, subtly, just you know, in the papers, because normally it's like God, 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 no sort of yeah, no no shade. But he's been getting a lot of yeah, it. Yeah, because it's like that's kind of like you know, like people love Modi. Like you know, that's the thing is that you know Modi he brings that certain kind of controvert you know like people love and i think he's kind of guess you know virat's becoming more new wave indian you know so i think major- right. i think people just want him to just like shut up and play cricket and just you know like i think <laughs> like not, not like all honesty i do feel sometimes that is what people want you know from virat Kohli, like the indian public you know i'm just one person i don't mm. represent one billion people but that's what i've heard <laughs> over that's what i've heard over at the spice shop let's say that you know <laughs> I don't know if you recall in, in, in my mate. Um, uh, what was his name? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I do remember your mate. <laughs> my mate. Um, oh man, fuck, I forgot his name. Is that that's a, is that a is that a um, reservoir spice no, shop? Or the, you the, Broadway, the Broadway spot, the Broadway spice shop. Yeah, so it's reservoir spice shop. Yeah, you know. Nice. Yeah. Um, do the water cooler talk is the spice shop. Mate, just real talk. quick before we move on to the reviewing of the albums. I've seen sort of like a bit more of an inconsistent offering in so much as the Kumar Shom culinary delights. Oh are, yeah, are we, so are we are we plan, is that are we planning on seeing a bit more of that? I mean, like well, is, you know, this, is it like are you been busy with your record? I've like, been busy like, with the record, but I take yeah. So like I I don't know. I just feel like just in recent times, I've just like I know, like I know maybe it's. I've just re- my energy has really been into my music recently, p- particularly my music, like as in like you yep. know creative. I've been putting a bit of um, time into that, but you know, like I think I did, I think I did a rest. I did a Neil Gree chicken. I think a few. I've got that. Was awesome. I've got that, I know I've got that, that saved on the phone. Yeah. yeah so too. I mean, I yeah. did that. I think like I just I usually get a sense around of the people. Like I can. I don't know. It's going to sound really like a bit hippy dippy, but like I, you know, you can sense when people are sad in the world. You know, sure. <laughs> like that Michael Jackson song. I don't know, but um, uh, what, uh, but I just felt there was a bit of sadness oh. and doom and gloom, and I felt like a nilgri chicken, and some you know. And speaking of, I mean, perhaps we can just go through that recipe because I do have it on my phone right here. Oh, do it in one second. Um, all right. Like you said, something really quite deep last week. When you said um, more people want to hear me talk about music than listen to my music, yeah, maybe which is sort of like like do you, do you keep uh, no shade at all? Yeah. Do you like find people like respond to your recipes? No, well, you know, like on this, like it's quite interesting. Yeah, but like, like everyone's, uh, you know what? Like, don't get me wrong, I, I love everybody, but like all I get is like, can I? I want to know, can you give me some alternatives to stuff? 
And sometimes, oh, like, wow. and I understand, I understand, like, sure, like, you know, if you're vegetarian, vegan, I get that. But like the FODMAP Yeah, but like thing, just tune into a vegetarian recipe. It's not all your, not all your dishes are vegetarian. No, I mean, but all, like, all the meat. The FODMAP thing, like, you know, like, uh, just, yeah, I don't yeah. know, that's, I know it's a big part for some friends, but I, I give them some, but like they talk about like, is there any way of like taking chili out of the dish? And it's like, just don't eat it. Just don't. Yeah, it's equivalent. You know, it's equivalent of saying, "Can you do this in a Mixolydian scar instead of Dorian scar?" Just like, no, like you don't need to do you that. Yeah, just like, just man, there's there's yeah. some there's probably some you know, I can guarantee it's like some, ain't an Indian dude who you know like you know who would do. It. I don't know. I just yeah, I just <laughs> I give him some stuff. Sure, a lot of people ask, "Do I use tofu?" And I said, "Don't use tofu." Don't use tofu. Yeah, but sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, not no, no, all of them don't are use tofu. There are, okay, I'll just give... Okay, since we're talking on the cooking thing, I know we need to get to review, sorry, but I just need to get this out. Yeah, if yeah. you want to do a replacement for chicken, all right? I get this all the time. Don't use tofu. Use paneer. If you don't like paneer, the best thing is this yeah, thing yeah. called soya chunks. Soya chunks. Okay. It's, it's a classic Indian thing. Soya chunks. It's got that meaty texture... And it's soy, and it's it's vegan. So if you, yeah, just don't use tofu. I, I just feel like it's I don't know it's a it's, it's bland. It's just I don't know. It's like putting yeah. go to your local spice shop. They'll have it. They, yeah, they'll definitely have soya chunks. They'll definitely they won't have tofu. They may have tofu, but you know, walk past. Go for the soya chunks. Yeah, it's not traditional. Yeah, it's not traditional. Yeah. The soya chunks. Don't use yeah. tofu. That might be the catch cry. That might also make it into um, the, the, the rating scale. Kumar's throwing down with all sorts of options today. Um, it's a pleasure to have you back, Coombs. Um, we're going to take a short break and come back with our first album of the week. first album of the week is by Niger artist Mdu Mokhtar and the album is called A Freak Victim. Mohamedou Soliman, born 1984, known professionally as Mdu Mokhtar, also Mdu Mokhtar, is a Tuareg songwriter and musician based in Agadez, Niger, who performs modern adaptations of Tuareg guitar music. He first gained notice through a trading network of cell phones and memory cards in West Africa. He's released five solo albums and sings in the Tamashia language. He plays guitar in the Takambe and Asuf styles. Ndu Mokhtar was born in the Nigerian village of, and uh, uh, apologies for the poor pronunciation, Tishitabaraden, and then grew up in Arlit, a mining town. After listening to artists such as Abdallah Omar he wanted to play guitar, but his family disapproved of electric music, so he had to build his own guitar using bicycle cables for strings. Crazy. His first album, Anara, was recorded in Sokoto, Nigeria in 2008 and prominently featured auto-tuned vocals and influences from 
Hasa music. The album was not officially released at the time, but the songs became popular across the Sahel when they went viral through cell phone music trading networks. I need to know more about that. I'm actually going to look that up. Um, yeah, I read that as well. That was interesting. I was like, what, how, what, what actually happens? Are they just sending songs via phones uh, or is it on a SIM card? Just bear with me because I think this is actually, I mean, this is, we should actually look this It seemed up. like a cultural thing, didn't it? Like this was a thing that you know, he got popular by. I, I read that as well and I didn't really understand it. Just give me two secs. Um, cell, phone, cell phone music. Uh, no, I'm not getting a source there. Um, yeah, keen to, keen to find out what that means. Um, the two songs were covered with English homophone lyrics by Brainstorm, an American band from Portland, Oregon. Anara was released on vinyl in 2014 with a high price due to predatory business practices from um, sixth on Maktar's first European tour. That seems like a really, really um, niche fact. His next album, Afalan, was recorded uh, in his hometown and features rusty edged jams and sun-weathered ballads. The title track is named after a celebrated historical folkloric hero of the Azawel of Western Niger. Um, this is all, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping I'm getting the pronunciation right. It contains a cover of Chet Bogasa by Tinarawin. Mokhtar became aware of international interest in his music in 2014. Um, and then he speaks, and then this is actually a little bit about um, uh, a guy that he met. Um, he said, I first met Christopher Kirkley of Sahel Sounds on the mobile phone as he had called me. It was a weird conversation as I thought my cousin was pulling a joke on me, so I hung up. This American guy calling me saying he wanted to work with me for my music, it just couldn't be real. He called me again and we talked. He came to visit me in the village and also sent me a left-handed guitar, which is very hard to find in Niger. The guitar was crossed, has crossed several African continents to arrive in my hands, and I've been playing it ever since. Mokhtar released his fifth studio album, Ilana, the Creator, in 2019. It was his first studio album recorded with a full band. NPR's Bob Boylan named the album perhaps the most fiery psych rock of the 21st century, while Happy Mag placed it number 13 on their list of best of 25, best 25 psychedelic rock albums. Um... Okay, so he's had you know he's obviously been around and is quite revered, um, and I might just look towards a pitchfork review of the record. Um, not, I mean, I just to give a little bit more background, but um, uh, you know, he's one of the most respected guitarists working today, um, and he hates professional recording studios, which is really interesting. And he says, with all due respect to all engineers, um, I find it much too square. So he and he said late last year the Nigerian um, musician gathered his bandmates outside a friend's house um, to test out material and um, and that kind of open air spot was a much more conducive space for them to record as a quartet um, and he liked liked that communal atmosphere um, you know I mean I guess it's very I, I'd be curious to know um, I guess when you listen to the record obviously you know. I, I I don't know enough about the Tuareg kind of culture, but I know that Bombino is from that that world and also Tanarawen. And um, I mean, I guess my understanding was that Bombino was kind of like the first to really break through in that sort of Western elect, electric guitar kind of music. Um, but I'd be keen to learn more from Kuma because I've, I've got a feeling, Kuma, you're going to be able to tell us a bit more, but we might get into the reviews to begin with. Um 
So hey, Eric, I just found an article on the Guardian oh, yep. about cell phone sharing. Go for it. Do you want me, do you want me to read it? Yeah, to you? sure. I'll read you some of it. Yep. Um, said, however eclectic your music collection, it would still need to go some way to match the sheer range of tracks shared by villagers swapping songs via Bluetooth and SIM card wow. in the Sahara. That's unreal. Um, Bollywood classics, Kuduro, Algerian Raya, French ballads. This is just a sample grab of the kind of sounds doing the rounds there, many of which can be found on music from Sahara cell phones, a mixtape put together by Portland-based blogger. Christopher Kirkley. I just read you who's another the guy two that, Who's the guy that got in touch with this dude? What? Oh, right. Okay. So he, I, he's, I read the guy. he's the guy. Yeah, that, right. This is the guy. There you go. What's it? So what was that? What was that? Um, what should we be looking up? Sahara what? Um, uh, tunes, uh, music from Saharan cell phones. Wow. That so, is such a cool, there it is. Got it here. Uh, the, it says the cell phone is such a fixture of West Africa. Everyone has a phone, even in villages lacking reception, explained Kirkley, who collected MP3 memory cards in uh, the city of Kadal in northern Mali. They're not just phones, they're all-purpose media devices. In the West, we maintain a repository of data and hard drives. In Sahel, the cell phone does the same thing. So he originally travelled to Mali to make field recordings, but soon took to trading tunes with locals. I'd carry my netbook while walking down the promenade in the evening and offer to trade songs filling excess space on the cards with albums on my own hard drive. That is amazing. Um, despite claims on some blogs, his collection came from trading alone and not collecting discarded memory cards. It's a funny notion, he laughs, the idea of disregarded unused memory cards laying around in West Africa. Um, so, yeah, and he went back to Portland and then he sort of put it all together. And and then one thing he did, and he said, I chose some of the more DIY electronic modern recordings and put them together on a cassette. It ended up being ripped online back to MP3. It's a weird <laughs> chain of analog to digital to analog to digital. That is incredible. <laughs> amazing. Anyway, that that is, amazing. That is awesome. That's very interesting, isn't it? So let's talk about the record. Um, I might, I might just kick it off and just say, um, credit to the producer. His name's Mikey Colton. He's the oh. bass player in the band. Um, I look when I first heard it. I mean, that first track just had that wall of sound, big distortion guitar thing and you know and I, and I was like immediately grabbed and then like there's only like when I listen to Tuareg music in particular I constantly like I love that distortion psych thing but the thing that always grabs me is when when you hear those licks on an acoustic guitar and you can hear like all that percussive picking and 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 like the finger hitting the guitar and 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 just the way that like the acoustic guitar becomes like this kind of multi-purpose instrument, so that it's not only just playing the the sick licks, but like it's it's anchoring the rhythm. And and I just you know I, I also uh, you know having listened to Bombino and then also some other sort of Tenaruan records that have been kind of overly produced. And I don't mean that in like a bad way. I just mean that like when you compare the American productions of this music versus when they're just doing it on their own, like it, it reminds you that the pureness of that acoustic instrument or that sh- you know shitty electric guitar and on a shitty small amp, that's the sound. That's what. That's the vibe. And I um, I just loved, you know. So when I heard that big wall of sound, I was like, this is great. And then I was like, please show me that acoustic guitar. I think it came in about track three. I think it was she's. She's Mitten was the first one. I was like, yeah, here we go. Got, uh, sorry, someone's going to say something? Uh, it's, I think, Ya Habibti. Oh. I think that's... Are you, are you talking about oh, the acoustic the first, track? 
The yeah, the first the song that had uh, yeah. that would be Yahabibti. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I must have got my my, my track list things wrong, but I mean the big ones for me was um, the the ones that really st- stood out was uh, I, I've got here Chismiten, Afrik Victim, Talatanam, Untitled, and Talate. And I'm not going to deep dive too much into those elements. I thought I'd just kind of speak broadly around the record. I kind of feel like we've got the expert here. So I might throw to you, Kumar, um, you know, someone that plays this music a lot and, you know, brought this record to us. Talk us through it. Yeah, I mean, so I think, uh, you know, like I wouldn't call myself an expert on it, but I will say I'm an absolute avid fan of this music, you know. Like, so... um, you know, some people like so. I was introduced to this music through my cousin when I was like about fourteen. You know, just because I think is a, a bit of history for myself. Is um so as a as a teenager, I really I really loved cheesy kind of beats. I really loved this remix of Tequila, and my cousin saw that and he was thoroughly <laughs> he was thoroughly disappointed, and so he started me on education of world music. And it was actually the best thing. Like, listening to that remix of Tequila has opened up my whole world of music. Drinking the tequila with the lemon and salt. No, as, as in, like, one. tequila. Da, 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 like, that kind of full, like, anyway. So, like, I'm so... Yeah, the, the rap one, the... Yeah, the, you know, yeah, you know, know like Pee Wee Herman, but, like, with the Tupac beat, you know? So, yeah, like, you know. But, um... But, ah, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, but so... Like, so one of the things I was introduced to was a lot of, like, you know, Nigerian music, like uh, like Osibisa and Fela Kuti and, like, a lot of Cuban music, Irakera. But one of the, like, my cousin, he loved African music from all over. And he wanted to show me, like, actually um, the diversity of African music. And, like, one thing, because I was learning guitar at the time and I was learning Hendrix, and he showed me Ali Farkature. I don't know if you guys know that name. Ali Farkh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a Mamalian kind of musician, and I just fell in love because it was just Legendary. like, and I think what I loved about it was it's just it's just it's literally you know it's a it's a minor pentatonic scale or something kind of close, but it's just a different way of expressing, and it's just hypnotic, it's just mesmerizing. So yeah, I mean you know like I got into all these different artists like Tanara is another one, Ali Farkh a lot of people from Mali like um. Was like super rail band, like Jelamadi Tunkara, you know, all these kind of different kind of African guitar. Because I think what was really cool about it, it's really fresh. It's a different approach. And what you talked about, Arik, is 100% correct. It's percussive. It's really syncopated. It's really rhythmic and something very refreshing, you know. And, you know, this album, I think one of the things I really love this, um, you know, the Takamba music, it's like I think there's only literally two four four songs on this album, you know, which is really cool. It's really hip. Yeah. You know, like three, four, the six. Hey, just days. before you go on, just before you go on, Kuma, just fix that mic to point. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear direct. me now? Yeah, can, yeah uh, that's way better. I always want to grab all this stuff because it's really important. Stuff. Oh yeah, cool. So, absolutely, no go, problem. So yeah, take I mean, us like back to the four four bit. Yeah, so pretty much like um with this um album, it's just like there's only like two tracks that are like four four. Like you know, in essence, like a freak victim, and um, what was the other one? Uh, there was an. Oh, maybe that was it. Maybe it was Dewey. That was the only one. Anyway, it depends how you can feel it. You but know the amazing thing, that Tuareg vibe. Like, did you go see Tanarawan like a couple of years ago at the Melbourne Recital Centre? I didn't see him at R- Melbourne Recital Centre. I saw them play at um, briefly at Womad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so th- it was wild, right? Because 
basically they did a show at Melbourne Recital Centre, which was a really weird place for them to do it, but whatever. And there was like they they obviously had some VIP special guests, which were like traditionally dressed Tuareg people. Yeah. And um, and like the amazing thing about this Tuareg music is like, um, like no matter if it's four four or whatever the fuck the te- the meter is, y- y- like you can find. A yeah. downbeat to dance to, and yeah. what was really really interesting was that, um, like you know, you'd look around the room and you come just trying to, trying to find like what's the downbeat to like pop <laughs> no, but to. You, you'll, you'll hear the, whole, the down- yeah. Well, I was just going to say the whole audience was bopping like everyone had this like different place they were finding the downbeat, and then yeah. you, you looked at the Tuareg guys in the corner and they had the bit and they yeah, yeah, yeah. had such a different place of locking in and it was yeah. just the coolest thing to, to notice. Yeah, you well, know? I mean, you'll probably, it, yeah, you'll probably notice on this record you'll hear the claps a lot, like the down claps is yeah, such a big yeah, yeah. part and that I think is the big downbeat. But, um, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I really love this album. Like, you know, obviously it's, it's this kind of style of music. Like I call it like African blues, you know. You know, I think of like John Lee yep. Hooker, mm. but from like you know the you know that sub-Saharan yes. area. That's the best way I can describe it. You know, like, and I think you know I I'm in agreement with um Arik about this album. Like the acoustic songs were the best songs. They were, like you know, like mm. the intro of like um which song was it? I can't remember. I think it was Layla, not to be confused with Eric Clapton. But that acoustic intro to that song was absolutely killer. You know. Just the way, yeah, that's the way they bring it. And I think one of the things I really love about, you know, Madhu Mokhtar is it's just, um, yeah, he can do the wild guitar thing, but it's like, I just love the kind of call and response. He's like, he's his verse, and then his guitar mimics that kind of, you know, verse. It's just, I love that kind of approach, mm. you know. It's just, it's all a storytelling, you know. I didn't lose interest one bit. I just... I just caught onto the flow of it mm. and I was caught up in the energy. You know, I really loved that. I mean, my favorite songs was, you know, um, you know, Chismitin, Chismitin. I loved that one. You know, Yahabibti. I loved, um, what else? Asditki, As- which was good. Layla was really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is like, this is totally the, my bag and I love it. You know, th- th- using the traditional percussion for the acoustic songs was cool, like the Colorbush. I don't know if you guys know what a color yep. brush is, but the gourd yep, yep, and, yep, yep, yep. you know, mm, that was really yep. cool. But, um, yeah, what Mikey Colton does with the production is really kind of cool. I love how he does um, – I don't, I don't know who it was. Who, uh, maybe it was maybe not Mikey Colton, but someone's putting tape effects in and out of yeah, the actual yeah, – yeah, yeah, yeah. It was wild. I mean, the production was really cool without it being – without a producer kind of like yeah. owning the record. Yeah. Um, uh, it, was, it was authentic. It, it felt yeah. really authentic, and and yeah. I loved. Um, I mean, did you notice that? I mean, the the the, the padding stuff was unreal. Yeah, like, the padding really stuff fun. was really sick. But the thing I wondered though was like, I mean, the tones on the electric guitar are like world class. Um, do you reckon they're running that gear in their hometown with like a sick, you know, pedal no. board? Yeah. So so okay, what, how could, do you reckon? It, do you reckon it's happening in post or no? No, it's not happening in post. I think the only thing that's happening in post, some of those phasery sounds, you know, some of those phasery distortion sounds. Mm-hmm. But I could tell you, you know, I think you mentioned one podcast episode, you know, I think with the St. Vincent 
Um, Albert, you talk about Andy Clark did this thing with um, it's like kind of guitar. What's it called? Oh, guitar power. Yeah, yeah. Um, so guitar licks or guitar, something like that. So uh, I'll find it. Madhu yeah, yeah. Mokhtar, hot licks. Some, hot licks. Yeah, hot something like that. But Madhu Mokhtar did one with yeah. Diodario called Guitar Power. And he tells you what he plays. He, I think oh, he was wow. just literally playing through like a Roland jazz chorus. Absolutely like, like you know, gained to the max. Yeah, just yeah. absolutely frank. But that's yeah. wow. like, that's the sound, you know. And I think really interesting, like what else? I mean, that's got so much to say. Like I get remnants of like, you know, you get, but the really cool thing about this album, not only is it traditional, it is a bit modern. Like I, some of it remind me of like Dwayne yeah. Allman, you know, like um, that Asditki song that just... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, like Allman yeah. Brothers and like, I think it's the Talatanum. I'm pretty sure Talatan. I think it was, uh, which one I wrote? Yeah. It was, oh no, it was uh, Afrik Victim. That got Tala, really, Talatanum yeah, and Afrik Victim. That got really Hendrixy. It got really Hendrixy, which is yeah, kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. And an interesting fact about uh, Madhu Mokhtar is like, you know, as a guitarist, you grow up, you know, you listen to Hendrix. You know Van Halen first. He listened to Hendrix after. You know what I mean? Like he went through all the. He went the yeah, other yeah. side. You know, it's like the kind of cell phone yeah, yeah, music yeah. kind of. You know, switch up. But man, I, I love well, it's, this. It's album. funny. You say, it's funny you say that because he says in an interview, Kuma, he goes, um, he did an interview with Dweezil Zappa. That's and, that's that's um, that's, that's said, guitar power. That is guitar power. Yeah, he said Mokdo can easily mimic the style of Western guitarists he admires, like Jimi Hendrix. A common influence amongst Twilight guitarists or Eddie Van Halen, who's yeah, typing I read that. Yeah, he was really recently became familiar with. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Anyways, I, we could probably gush over it. I mean, there's two guitar players yeah, right yeah, yeah. now, so, yeah. um, just talking, talking, going deep. So let's hear from Was. What do you reckon, Was? Um, what I found really funny about the first track was that if you listen to it on headphones, you could hear. I guess it was a field recording of like it was the morning with some roosters crowing and yeah. like the general vibe of like an early morning. And then this like obscene electric guitar like just permeates like this peace and quiet of the morning serenity. Yeah. And the band kicks in and you're just going, well, I'm not getting to sleep in this morning. Like I just like was thinking wherever this place is that these guys live, I would never want to live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, what do you do? Just get up at six, 6 o'clock in the morning and just woo! Just like start wailing, and the band just starts going. It's crazy, but maybe it's a sub-Saharan um, you thing, was, you know, because it's like you know, maybe this is the, the yeah, space, yeah. so it doesn't really carry. Maybe it's kind of I don't know. Some of the things. maybe it's a tuning issue. Yeah. Maybe it gets too hot during the day, and the strings go out of tune. Yeah, with all the heat. It's so not, you have to play really early in yeah, the morning. It, you know, no one's bringing in the agent of change laws in the sub-Sahara. <laughs> it's not North Fitzroy. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, that's right. No one's, I mean, moved, no one's, moved, no one's in. moved in for the live music. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you can just play it whatever time you want. If once the roosters start, you can start. I just want to comment on that thing you just mentioned was that like I know with a freak victim on um on the track, I feel this is the shorter version. Like one thing I suggest you do if you get into this album is to check out the live performance of it where I think they were playing with like friends and family. It's like a party scene, you know. It's like a live video of them playing this yeah, song, right. and it's like it's it's more extended. I think it goes for like maybe like ten minutes or so, rather than the six minutes or something like that. But I think yeah, it's pretty much the same kind of form, but it's extended. But that encompasses the energy you're talking about. Um, was a yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I there was great energy. Like I I, I really did like this album. Um, probably a lot like. 
the theme of my psyche this week. I, I think I needed things to be fun and happy. And I just thought this album was that. Yeah. Um, look, uh, not to sort of talk about, you know, the spiritualness and the intent, I think I might just go back to my happy place with uh, with the production standpoint. But, like, you know, it had like a lot of psych leanings at times, I thought. And, yeah. I, and I, at some stages I was thinking, well, if, if Kurungbum were West African, this is what it would sound like. And... And if you so, yeah, I was thinking like if you were to go in a record store and ask for a West African Karungban style band, this is what you get, I reckon. Sure. Um, look, like a few albums that we've looked at in this sort of style, I think it's hard for me to listen to them with a critical ear because, like, what do I like? What do I know about the genre? Like, I can look at production and Sonics, which I thought were great, as we've already talked about. Like, they were just they were awesome. They were unique, and they were they were pushing the boundaries. Well, they weren't pushing the boundaries, but they were just doing interesting stuff and not westernised stuff and it was exciting. Warren, would you say um, this is very fresh, very fresh listen, like something very uh, fresh to listen to? For me, like it's very fresh. I'd say it's retro fresh. Yeah. Uh, retro fresh. Yeah, I'd say. say it's retro fresh. I know there's something, yeah. It's like a different approach, you know what I, I mean? Yeah. I, I, I agree with you, Kuma. I feel like, um, I feel like, you know, especially with like when Bombino came on the scene, which was like, so many for so many people in the West, the first time they heard this sound, mm. and then Tanara, when you know everyone does a bit of dig, digging deep and they realize, Oh, Tanara, one of the OGs, and then you, you come to this and you're like, Hold on a minute, this guy's the OG, and yeah, yeah, and 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 but it doesn't, but as you said, it doesn't sound like like you're listening to this and it's the traditional version, it feels yeah. like I mean, it, it's also timeless, right? Like, it's you know, it, like it, it, it's folk music, so. You know, like one thing I fucking hate is when when you take a good piece of folk music and you try and make it palpable to an audience in a contemporary way. Like this still feels like it's folk music without it being westernized for a for a new audience. Yeah, it, it actually just feels, yeah. You know, what well, I mean? I mean, like if you listen to the tracks, the guys are playing. Oh, 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 oh. oh sorry, yeah. sorry. I just I just wanted to say on that, like you know, that palpable. That's okay. It's just like you can hear that it's definitely all light. Like I love the speed ups. Like it just go. I love the chemistry, you know, just between these guys, you know. Mm. It's refreshing. I think. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm going to take it back. I don't think it's retro fresh. I think it's authentically res- fresh yeah. because they they're not referencing other things and trying to make it, you know, sound like a certain thing. They're just doing it, and that's what it felt like. You know, it just felt like it was authentic. Um, and yeah, as you said, like I mean, the songs are the songs are essentially jams that just build into a climax. So speed's sort of irrelevant. It's like you know, as we're building into this climax, we're getting faster and we're just getting excited. Yeah. Um, you know, Madu out front on his instrument. Um, and I said, I don't, look, I don't know much about the cultural heritage of this style, yeah. but it feels to me like it, like it, it felt like as you said, Kuma, I got a feeling that it had fusion of. West Africa with like subtle hint of Delta blues yeah. going on did feel very bluesy, yeah. um, um, very sparse and bluesy. But like I really liked it. I really liked it. I thought it was great. Um, like I, it was a really fun, fun album. To I mean, just to. one. Sorry, I, I'm just interrupting you guys. I know just because I've I've done a bit of research. I've been listening to this album quite a bit. Yeah, uh, but um, I think you know you're talking about the meaning. I think I think it's important to talk about. So what you know, Madhu Mokhtar is actually talking about is he's talking about this whole album what it's about like a freak victim i think it refers to like the french colonization how the french took a lot of i think because i know 
I've got to remember this. I think I don't because I don't have it in front of me. But I'm pretty sure Niger is or Niger is full of uranium, and so like there's there was a, quite a bit of a revolution, you know, that I think happened around I think the 70s or maybe the 19s. I mean, there's like because I guess you know it's colonial, you know. Most of these African countries they're colonized, so there's always got to be some real deep kind of history to that kind of stuff, and yeah. I think I read somewhere also that it was there was something about um, water supply in, oh. in in villages as well. Like a lot of uh, um, um, something about he was doing. Uh, I haven't. I need to go back and clock it again. But uh, th- there was something about wanting to provide fresh water. To, to villages in his area that, yeah. that wasn't happening. So like, I need to, yeah, I didn't fully clock it. Anyway. Well, how about we um, take it to this week's rating scale? Okay. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Ari, can you take it away and introduce this week's um, All Music is Good unofficial podcast sponsor? I can. Um, so every week on the All Music is Good uh, podcast, we like to shout out a unofficial podcast sponsor the podcast sponsor has not actually agreed nor knows anything about the podcast and has actually not uh, contributed anything material to the podcast however they certainly have uh, been an ally um, spiritually or um, I guess you know in the metaverse so to speak of our own existence so um it is with great excitement that I share with our listeners the All Music Is Good podcast for episode 31 is Siracos Deli in Thornbury. <laughs> so, Siracos. Is that Greek? Oh, uh, you know it. So basically Siracos Deli is, I mean, it, you know. For you're, you're getting into dangerous territory, all right, coming on with like a, some sort of northern Greek Suburban deli. I know, I know. You know where I live. I know, I know. Don't you <laughs> is worry. Is this like, what are you doing here? Yeah, look, I don't want to, I don't want to. You're throwing it down. I'm You're throwing, throwing, down. throwing it down. But look, basically, Siracos is like this kind of, it's like, it's like a half a block size deli market in Thornbury where you can go and get your fruit and veg. Like, I got my fruit and veg done and dusted for 25 bucks there. And then you go to the, you know, the, the Greek Italian supermarket. You get the delicious wafers, the best. Um, you can go to the butcher, you can go to the seafood things. You just like you just go to Siracos, you get the job done. How much are the calamari legs? Oh, what, yeah. what are they saying oh, for? I haven't looked at the calamari legs. You, you, get, you basically get the job done. And, the, you know, I, I, I love it. Um, I haven't been able to go as often as I'd like through yeah, lockdown just because there have been, I reckon there's some pretty, you know, I don't want to like, I don't want to, yeah, we know what I don't want to drag them like... through the mud, but the <laughs> QR systems have not been as, uh, yeah, as on top of it as I'd like is, uh, it, <laughs> get it coals. Yeah. But I thought, you know, it, it would be a nice moment to kind of shout out Siracos Deli and tell you a little bit about the patriarch, Vasilis Siracos, um, who, nice. unfor- who unfortunately lost this year in May 2021. Oh. But a bit about Vasilis Siracos, who is the eldest brother of 10 children from the remote village of Lapanagoi in. Kalavrutia in Greece. Mm. He had a difficult childhood. What else is that in Greece? Is that I'm, I'm like not north sure. or south? Oh, I'll have okay. to check. But he okay. had a difficult childhood and the responsibility from a very young age to help the growing family of siblings. 
He was only 20 when he boarded the ship to Australia on his own, but then, through the years, he brought eight of his siblings to Melbourne to live under the same roof with him until they made a family of their own. Wow. And there's a quote that he says, he didn't know anyone in Australia when he came, his daughter. What Dorothy. are you saying wow about? No, it's just, a, no, just amazing. Like, you know, what an amazing story. Uh, Why, bringing, absolutely, bringing I agree. Out, yeah. No, no, but seriously, like yeah. you come, like know. you're a 20-year-old from, like, you know... Like, you yeah, know, it is incredible. It is on incredible. his own. On his own. On his own, then, you know, that's amazing. All in one house. My, my girlfriend in uni, her dad came to Australia when he was in year 10, right? Didn't speak a word of English. In two years, he graduated into medicine at Melbourne Uni, that's, having that to that learn the wild. whole language. Amazing. It's crazy stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. Crazy stuff. So, so back to Vasilis Sarakos. He didn't know Sorry. anyone in Australia when he came. His daughter Dorothy said, and she told the Neos Cosmos newspaper... He had submitted documents to go to camps in Boneglia and w- and when he disembarked in Port Melbourne, he started to talk with some of the other Greeks until one of them recognised his surname and insisted he should not leave. So he just stayed. And, and um, you are one of us and you should come with me, he said. And so he did. And then someone else speaks to Vasilis and he says, when my uncle arrived in Australia, they lived together with my dad in one room until they decided to get a house together he met my mum in the neighbourhood and soon asked for permission to marry her from a mum from a mum's older brother. Within three months, they were married in the church of Agla Triada in Richmond. So, in all this time, he only went twice back to Greece. The first time he returned to his village was thirty years after he arrived in Australia, but he mm. never forgot his homeland. When the brothers opened Sarakos in Thornbury in 1972. Vasilis Sarakos insisted that they should keep their Greek name for the business. He was very proud of his heritage. And this is a quote from Vasilis. He said, A single twig breaks, but a bundle of twigs is strong. Vasilis Sarakos used to tell his children, often as he tried to instill in them the value of family, strength and unity. And well known in the Greek community from Melbourne, Vasilis Sarakos and his brothers had founded the continental delicatessen Sarakos 49 years ago, famous for its Greek and continental products. That is wow. our Amazing, beautiful sponsor of the yeah, week. Yeah. You've just like taken apart my scepticism with a beautiful story. It's a beautiful so story. Congratulations. Thank, yeah, you, well thank you, thank you. Yes. So um, I guess it's time to bring it to the rating scale. What's the Sarakos rating scale? Oh. Do you want me to lead in here? I think it's the relationship you have with Sarakos. You know, like, I mean, okay, like... So the relationship I have... <laughs> no, no, I mean, the relationship, <laughs> so the relationship has with you. Okay, so the relationship is this. I, I, I hate parking on High Street Thornbury, so I have to park in the car park on the side street. And I'm incredibly nervous going in there in COVID because there's lots of old people walking around with no mask. Yeah. So yeah. I just kind of get in and out. So maybe it's... Um, maybe the rating scale is how... How many minutes can you get in and out of Syracos without compromising public health orders? Oh, God. <laughs> no, it was. It doesn't like that. Let's go uh, for something no, else. No, that's fine. No, no. That's, I, mean, just, that's I just option. feel you like, I'm just trying to think, you, like when I go into a Greek deli. No, you just talk this beautiful story go about Syracos. I think it's got to be how much, you know, like, you know, I like. I love it. I do love yeah. it. You know, like it's got to be that relationship. If I'm this. going into a Greek deli, like I want to go like look for like I'll a nice this. size Spanakopita pan. Okay, so let me talk Maybe to you I about the Spanakopita. And... Uh, they've got, there's a deli in the Syracos deli that has mm. about seven different types of Spanakopita. And yeah. they're not all called Spanakopita, but they no. all are 
um, cheese and yeah, spinach. Different types. A bunch cheese, of coppers, yeah. yeah. So perhaps, yeah. So you can buy a cheese one or a cheese and spinach or just different types. Different yeah, types. There's also a weird one that I had once. It had like a... Had like feta in it as yeah, well. Yeah, and it's also different types of pastries that that bring the cheese and spinach together. So mm. maybe, maybe that's what our rating scale is. So if Spanakopita um, is the top, um, is the top rate is the top rating. That's a, that's our ten. And then a, like a pastizzi is like a search. one or something like that. Oh man, like it's so hard because they're all good. Like all I, I good. mean, you don't want to like unless it's like a craft like, throw shade on, on the sucker well, or something well, like unless that. Unless it's like a craft single on a piece of like puff pastry, you know that could be like you know like yeah. If I knew more beers, like if there was a good Greek beer, I could just say that. But there's not really many Greek, good Greek beers. Like, or ha- or, you know, or what about how you feel or, after eating the um, Spanakopita? Uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So this is this is the thing, guys. What is the difference between Spanakopita and Tiropita? And the difference between a Spanakopita and a Tiropita is that Spanakopita includes spinach and feta, whereas Tiropita only has cheese. Yeah, so, but then you can say it's Borek as well. So, yeah. You know. yeah. I mean, then we're getting into the whole Turkish sort of Greek debate. It and, is a hard know, one to land well, on. Like, guys, I mean, we well, don't want to like, about how off, about, put offside in of our Turkish sort of, you know, Well, business. how about like... Think of I'll, like give you another, I'll just give you another fact. I'll give yeah. you another fun fact. I'll give you another fun fact about... Um, Siracos. Siracos may well be the only remaining, you know, large-scale public shopping centre where you can get a trolley where you don't have to put a coin in and you can just leave it anywhere on the block and it comes back. What does it come back for? Well, it's just like, you know, you just like, you, you go into the, the, side, the side street car park, there's trolleys everywhere. Okay, so how about how many kilometres away would you find a Siracos trolley? Perfect. Siracos there you go. Okay. That's it. And... And a good and a good sc- and and yeah, I'd say like one k is. I mean, I, you know, I think yeah. I mean, should we just call it? Let's call it five k's is about the max. Is that a good thing, was or do you want the? I'm not the- sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. No, well, if you walk that far with a trolley, that's pretty good effort. That's true, but that's also bad for business. So what maybe? No, what- but you said they all come back. Yeah, that's true. So maybe what we'll do is this: we'll say that like if the if the trolley is within like. 20 metres of Siracos, that's a 10 out of 10. And if the trolley is like a kilometre away, that's a 0 out of 10. And we'll find the sweet spot in the, in the middle. Well, you could say if someone takes a trolley back, that's that's a good thing. Oh, actually, that's, that's also true. Metres. So if you take the trolley back, that's a 10. And yeah. if the trolley's a kilometre away, that's a 0. And anywhere in the middle is where we land. Yeah, okay, Hang cool. On. And you can, yeah. you can do the maths on it after the, <laughs> after the taping. All right, sounds good. All right, I'm going to kick it off. I'm going to say that uh, I went to Siracos and, yeah, and I, um, I stocked up on some, uh, some fresh produce, some really nice fresh produce. I got some, uh, some nice Greek desserts to take home. Mm-hmm. And then I wheeled my trolley 300 metres away to my, my uh, hipster apartment. I just left, uh, just left it. At the front. And just <laughs> left it Just down. left it out the front. <laughs> just left it there. Because that's what hipsters do. All right, perfect. So 300 okay. metres away from... From Siracos is where you dump the trolley. Okay, cool. Uh, Kumar. Okay, so... Uh, okay, have, so that's a seven, Kumar. Oh, that's okay, a cool. Seven. Okay, okay, cool. So hang seven. on, just one second. Did you say, so 20 metres is 10 or 200 metres is 10? No, 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 no. So no. we're just going to go right. in 100 metre increments with a kilometre okay, cool. being zero and okay, cool, returning cool, cool. the trolley being 10. Okay, cool. Well, in that case, I'd have to say... Yeah, I'd say, I'd say 200 metres... 
away from my car and it's like and it's like it's all straight it's no downhill there's no downhill or uphill yep. it's all straight and it's like a clear Just pathway that, and it's all and it's all clear pathway and all of a sudden one of the attendees from uh that was uh, Siracus has just come Siracus? and seen my has just come and seen my trolley and be like, you know, and did, said a, a good uh, what is it? Uh, I can't. Yasu. I, he could said a Yasu to me yeah, yeah. and he's like, oh, let me help you out. He said, Miss Dakia. Miss Dakia said, Miss Dakia. like, let me help. Let me take that trolley for you. And I I walked already halfway back and then he took the trolley away. So yeah, and I was no, sorry, at, Kalamara. I should say Kalamara. Kalamara. And then I said, so going, Are you a hundred meters or are you two hundred meters away? Two hundred meters. So up at two hundred meters, and one of his kids came and got it. Yeah, one of, and then and they gave me a uh, like an extra pastry. They gave me like just take a take a tira pitter on me, you know. So oh, yeah, just take one, like an extra dim yeah. sim. Yeah, so awesome. I love that. And then I bit into the tira pitter, right. and I was really like, I actually wanted a spinach and cheese, but that's okay. It's the the effort was cool. That's so, okay because it's ch- cheese and pastry works. It works. So I gave it a. I love that an eight. So it's like an eight, I guess. Yeah. All right, that's an eight. I reckon I'm in the same ballpark as you was. I um, I was just, you know, looking for a parking spot, couldn't find it, found a parking spot 300 metres away, got myself to um, Siracos, loaded up on some really well-priced fruit and veg. I'm like, I'm going to mm. have to wheel this trolley all the way back to my car. I wheeled it back and I just ditched the trolley um, <laughs> 300, right. metres, 300 metres away and, you know, people were walking past going, no, don't worry about it, it's fine, mate, just leave it here, it always comes back. And, um, yeah, I'm a seven as well. Awesome. So that was Madhu Mokhtar's album, Aflik Victim. Be back in a second with album number two. Second album we have for you tonight is James Blake, and you rekid Friends That Break Your Heart. Born James Blake Litherland in London 1988, Blake was raised in a musical family. He was classically trained in piano from a very young age and focused on musical studies throughout his education. While still young, he and his friends became fixated on electronic music, in particular the emerging dubstep sound that was beginning in London in the mid-2000s. Now, if anyone knows me, they will know I freaking hate dubstep. Um, he took inspiration from early UK dubstep artists like Burial, Distance and Scream and merged it with the influences from textural R&B innovators like D'Angelo while developing his first original tracks. He became known for his unique style, which wrapped aching gentle sung gently sung r&b vocals around the deep bass and minimal rhythmic elements of dubstep he arrived in 2009 with a series of 12 inch singles and achieved both critical acclaim and worldwide fame following his self-titled 2011 album his renown continued to rise over the next several years and he collaborated with pop icons like beyonce kendrick lamar and bon Iver. 
Oh, Bonover. What are you, Bonover? I think it's Boniver. Yeah, Boniver. Yeah, Boniver. Um, his second album, 2013's Overgrown, earned him the prestigious prestigious Mercury Prize. Commercial success worldwide came in the mid 2000s and 10s with high chart placings as well as critical praise for 2016's The Colour in Anything and 2019's Assume Form. He co-wrote King is Dead for the Black Panther soundtrack with Kendrick Lamar and J-Rock, which saw him win his first Grammy for Best Rap Performance. And in 2021, we see Blake issue his fifth long player, Friends Break Your Heart, which include features from Scissor, uh, Jid, Swabe and Monica Martin. So, look, uh, do you want me to kick it off? Oh, I'll go for it. Um, look, if nothing else, it was so good to put a name and a voice to a song. I don't know if, for what reason, but I keep getting this guy, James Blake, name mixed up with, like, an American country singer. Like, maybe it's Travis Scott or Travis Blake or... I don't know. Or just for some reason, this name's so... I don't know, so... Uh, James... Normal. Yeah, James Blake is a famous American tennis champion. Oh, yeah, he is too. There you go. Yeah, for one of his but, fam- um, that's not the James Blake. It's some sort of country singer that's got a similar name. Not that I know him, but I just sort of... I, anyway, I get confused. Anyway, so whatever. I hear I hear the name James Blake and I think American country singer. So I, it was so good to work out that James Blake is the guy who sings Retrograde. So I didn't know that. Which And it's it's always been one of those songs. I've wondered who sang it and I sort of... I'll hear it on the radio, but only halfway through, and think, "Oh, that's a cool song." Or I hear it on an ad or something, and so I mean, this is why we have this podcast. So I, I don't have to do my own research; like I get to do it in the um, in the midst of researching these sort of things. So that was cool. Um, and in many ways, I don't think this album is a million miles away from an album, another album we're going to do look at this week. Um, just vocally, they sort of feel like they're related. Um, I really dug the first track on this release. It had some really interesting vocal harmony choices in the chorus, which, you know, was really interesting um, uh, because I just, you know, it's really, what am I trying to say? If you break down this album, I think the strength and the weaknesses are the, exactly the same thing for me. James Blake's voice, it's a really distinctive instrument. And, like, the music is a vehicle for him to lay down, like, this haunting crooner style of singing over. Um, So for this to work, I think for his voice to sound as good as it's going to sound and and to highlight it, the songs need to be quite slow and they also need to be in a quite... They need to be quite sparse for the voice to have its full effect. And I think herein is where the strength and the weaknesses of, of James Blake lie. So the... The issues that I have with this album, and I, I don't want to go straight to the issues, but they were really apparent to me that all the songs were quite similar paced, key intonations were the same and production was sort of, of the tracks were really similar. So when it works, it's great, but I found myself getting really bored really quickly because each song was similar to the last and as good as voice as James Blake has, just need variation and I just wasn't finding it. Um like, for me, these songs feel like more of a bunch of individual tracks that are really set up for TV, movies and commercial syncs. And, like, there's a lot of emotional substance going on here, but 
And like, yeah, and they're haunting, but as an album, it didn't really work for me. Um, the like, I I really liked the first track, but then I just found this sort of, you know, we we kept going down, and I just kept losing interest. Uh, I would say the one thing that um, I will say in defence of the album is I gave it two listens, both during the day, one while I was out walking, one while I was at work, and it really did feel like it was a late-night introspective album and I just didn't get a chance to listen to it in that context and if I had a wonder how much further it would have revealed itself to me, maybe a lot, maybe not much more, I don't know, but I can only sort of grade it on on what I did with when I listened to it. So, yeah, that were, were my thoughts. I was kind of was hoping for more. Yeah. Well, I might go next. Um, I think it's kind of just hearing your review and sort of, you know, your kind of admittance that, you know, you're not necessarily that, fit, like, James Blake and you haven't had, like, a deep relationship. Yeah. No, zero um, relationship. This record for me is, like, a massive James Blake fan, had a totally different effect because um, I guess he's so well known for his kind of, like, dark club, sort of often illegible lyrics, mumbly lyrics, um you know, amazing production, amazing sonics, production killer, right? So, so that's like that's like the James play James Blake playbook, yep. except, you know, as he's kind of grown into his own, um, this record to me, like I've always loved his songwriting. I'm a huge James Blake fan, but this record to me is probably his best songwriting outing to date, from from, from my point of view. And I mm-hmm. think it's because he's not hiding behind like these deep dark sort of oh, see these deep dark production these deep dark production breaks. Like he actually um the songs have a kind of form like a form to them that are like pop songs and I, I, I mean that in the best way possible. Um as I listened to it, like I said like as I started the record I was like my first, the first three songs, I was like, nah, this is no, not even close to any of his last releases. And mm-hmm. then, as you, as I made my way through the album, I just kept on just pressing like on all of these songs, and it ended up having like seven in a row by the time the record finished. And I absolutely loved it. Um, so I guess some interesting things. He's usually a self-produced, self-mixed artist. And this mm-hmm. is the first record where he's ever brought in collaborators in the in the actual production of his records, and the collaborators include two guys: one named Dom Maker, another guy Josh Stadion, and also his wife Jamila Jamil, who's a you know world famous actress. Um, which again was another thing that I also found really interesting was like just how central she's been to this record, where some of the lyrical themes seem to be like about lost love and you know, broken relationships from his past. Mm. Um, again, I don't know, not many opinions about it, but just an interesting side note. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, um, so what did you think, like, you know, there's obviously quite nuanced the differences that, you know, because there was a, they did feel very similar. Did you did you get that vibe? Or you, yeah, you, I mean, I mean there's, something, the there's something, like James Blake does James Blake really well. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. What you end up, where you end up is like you've got a James Blake sounding record. So I guess as a as a fan and a listener, I don't expect it to be anything but that. 
So that's kind of the context. Um, yeah, 100% agreed. There's like a tempo to it. There's a there's a range. There's a key like he's structure. He's searching for that one song for me, like, you know. Say that again? Sort of feels like he's searching for that one song. I'm going to make a whole bunch of songs that sound quite similar but mm. a little bit different to yeah. find that retrograde hit. That was, that was just my take on it. I, like, I don't know him well enough to understand the... Um, and the nuances that were going on, I don't think, but maybe there wasn't any. But well, to me, you, you I think it. he finds the one song on the record and it's the last it last song. In the end, mm-hmm. it was Friends. Um, I just think that's just an absolute masterpiece of a song. So as I go through my track listings, um, the first song, Famous Last Words, it just like reminds you that who he is. So if you're a James Blake fan, you hear that first, you know, first verse of the first song and you're like, yeah, he's back. I liked the song Life Is Not The Same. Um, and then there was this like... And then like everything kind of just petered away until it got to the song Frozen, which was with a rapper. I forget her name. But um, but it kind of nods his hat to like his skills as a producer where he's not necessarily front and centre. And I feel like his style works so well with hip-hop because it's its, its own thing, um, what he does. Um, and then there's like... As you get to the back end of the record... Um, it just goes into like full classic, almost musical theatre type songwriting is what I felt like. Show Me felt like it should be in a musical. Um, the lyrics were stunning and, and and I feel as though it sort of like landed in this moment of, okay, this is a songwriter record as opposed to like a, you know, music festival kind of producer record. And then Say What You Will, which is a real poppy song Gave me shades of like Kokomo by the Beach Boys, and I kind of really got into that. <laughs> um, Random. <laughs> and then there was a song called song, Lost Angel Nights, and I thought this was probably the poppiest song to date. But again, reminded me of like something out of Hamilton, the musical. Like it felt like it was, you know, <laughs> yeah, very I, yeah, I get that. Miranda. I totally get that. Actually, yeah, 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 hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Something I also hated. And then to wrap yeah. it up, um, in the end it was just Friends. I just I was so moved by that song. I thought the lyrics were just beautiful. I loved his acoustic guitar work and I just totally connected to the song. Like it just felt honest. And, and you know, he, in so much of his style he's often building drama when he goes up into his upper registers and it seems like in this record he was experimenting in building drama in his lower registers. So, again... Like, I feel like my review is very specific to being a big fan of his. Yeah, yeah. I was um, going to say, as a fan, how many times did you listen well, to his? Well, I listened to it, I listened to it three times. Um, yeah. And the first time, halfway through, I was like, this is shit. And then I just hung with it and I was like, this is fucking awesome. And then I listened to it two more times. I was like, this is awesome. So I loved yeah. it. Yeah. I just never got to that spot. I was, yeah. What about you, Kumar? Yeah. So for me, like, just was exactly the same. Like, for me, the only track I know of his is that retrograde. But I knew, like, friends would always, like, talk about yeah. him. Like, you know, people, like, talk about, oh, my God, James Blake, got to check him out. And so, like, it's, I guess it's kind of like it was a bit of a learning process, understanding what was, um, you know, what who you know, what's James Blake about. And, like, one thing I will say, just overall, I think, you know, you can, you can tell me if I'm wrong, Arik, but the things that work the best is when it's slow and it's really exciting. I'm going to say really exciting harmonies. I've never heard vocal harmonies like that, you know. And yeah, his yeah. and his progressions. Harmonies amazing. And his progressions, like 
they're just, I guess... His chord progressions. His they're chord progressions. So they're so good. He goes to harmonies that you just don't expect. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. He loves his dominant seventh chords, doesn't he? Yeah, well, like, you know, like famous last words, that felt like something like, you know, like classical music a bit, you know, with that kind of, you know, do I don't know, like... I don't know. That's, that, 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 and the, the textures, the electronic textures were sick, you know. I mean, one of my... Yeah, for me, like, my favourite songs on the actual album was, like, Life Is Not The Same. I just love that kind of really haunting intro. It felt like kind of you're in the forest and you're, like, hearing, like, like the buzzing of, like, some kind of cicadas or something like that. I don't know what that was. I found Life Is Not The Same was such a killer track. And my favourite song, actually, on the whole track was actually Funeral. You know, I really liked that one with the, what, I think, Slow Tie is the rapper. I agree. That was my favorite yeah. song. Yeah, well. I just I really felt that song. Of all the songs, I really felt funeral for some reason. Yeah, I mean, so look, I like no, I, I agree. I'm so blessed. I like you know, like I love like the orchestration, like the orchestration of his keyboard, you know, parts, all the electronic stuff. So exciting mm. of the production. Like uh, you know, um, you know, I'm. Uh, what else did I say? Which what else did I like? Yeah, mainly like yeah, it was like, you know, famous last words. Life is not the same. Funeral, I'm so blessed. And I think the other one was Say What You Will. The Say What You Will, it's really interesting you talk about oh. Kokomo. But for me, you know, it actually reminded me of like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> like Frank Sinatra's My Way. Yeah, right. Like, you know, because he had yeah, that kind yeah. of, I think he had that kind of delivery like Frank Sinatra where you could really feel himself. He's kind of acting the words and all that. I really enjoyed that. Mm, so for me, mm, I did mm, enjoy mm. most of it. But like the, for me, the thing... I think where it kind of lost me a bit was like I feel as I said in my review towards the end was like like James Blake if it's a down down tempo with minimal beats with you know exciting electronic textures and amazing vocals you know that saw that is his vibe like you know you mentioned yeah. Arik there's like he does some stuff with different producers and all that and I feel sometimes when the tempo goes up Allah uh, I think which tune was it it was um coming back i think it's too fast for james i don't know i just he didn't he doesn't have that flow <laughs> no like like just on yeah, my ears uh, you know what i mean he doesn't have that flow over the down no, you're right like i just like you know you hear scissor all go, go of all that kind of stuff and she's like you know it's her vocals and you know it just works and even like that track like uh which one was it the the rap track frozen like i felt that wasn't that track. And, and, the, and um two rappers i think you're talking about is jid and suave um, yep, yep. I felt for me like it was more of a Jid and Suave track rather than a James Blake track to my yeah, ears. For sure. He doesn't need anybody. He's he's his own. Dude. I feel like he, yeah, he, he's, he's kind got of powerful he was sort of the producer on the on those tracks. You know? Okay, like he's yeah, the beats guy. Yeah. So that's I felt, how I see it. I feel yeah, like yeah. it should be Frozen featuring James Blake. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like I just felt that was yeah, like the sure. yeah. Mm. But and I think like. Uh, what was there's one track that did kind of uh, I don't want to say shit me. It was just a bit, just a way. It felt like a bit DJ Khaled. Which one was it? Foot forward, like when it's at the beginning of the track where it's like Metro, and he starts singing. And You're going down a dark place now. <laughs> no, that Metro. I, I, I was, I was I think it's called, I, like you know that Metro Boomin. I think it's. I think they're the producing group. I think on that track. I just there was like I'm one or two. Yeah. What, what was the song? Foot forward. It's like if you listen carefully to the beginning, it's like there's like that kind of DJ, like you know, like how there's um, like Mr. Worldwide, <laughs> just going like, Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, you know? right. Like there was a, the guy just shouts out Metro, and it's like, oh no, here we go. <laughs> it just and I just feel like yeah, it I'm kind of get that vibe. You know, I mean, you know, like, but the thing is, like, 
I don't know. It just kind of, for me, it just took away that the beauty of James Blake, the beauty of James Blake, he wants you to take, he wants to take you to that dark place and just, you know, be, I don't know, like him being vulnerable over down tempo beats and, you know, there's amazing harmonies and just, I, I, I was more wrapped up in those minimal songs than the epic stuff with, you know, like the hip hop stuff with the producers. That was just me personally. Like, yeah, I mean, like. Maybe you could call it Graveyard Electronica. Yeah. Is that what I they feel, call it? I don't know. Is that? Yeah, I think, yeah. Ghost Electronica? I don't, I don't know. know. It's just, uh, I think yeah, often, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, I know, and like, you know, say what you will. Like, I love that. Like, even Last Angel Nights, that was a really sick song with that kind of yacht rock vibe. Yeah, I like that one too. You know, and also like, I mean. Yeah, like, I've got that one. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, you know, as someone, this is probably like the proper, like, my f- first kind of um iteration of James Blake. And I reckon I would say maybe just over half of the record I was in it and I was like I totally I totally see what people are about I was I was was caught up in the majesty of his vocals and he kind of like his vocals remind me of um what's her face the you know the young superstar Billie Eilish sometimes like you know it's like her vocals like you know you know because he kind of sings very close like yeah even some of those tracks he had his like you know the the vocals yeah close mic and it was kind of cool like you know Mm. I actually enjoyed yeah some but like you know I enjoy. I enjoyed like I enjoyed some of it, yeah. But like, I feel some of the tracks. I feel like it wasn't. I know I can see where he's coming from as like the the writer. It felt like more of a writer, but I just feel like, yeah. I just hmm, it's just it wasn't fully there for me. I would mm. say like maybe more than half of it was like totally connecting with me, and I feel the other half was just for like industry kind of stuff, like searching for a single. You know, like that's what it felt to me. That's. That's, that's, yeah. I know controversial. I know. Yeah. Well, let's take what, it. What would Vasily think? What would Vasily think? That's what, what would. We're, we're well, really that's exactly to. right. Was what would Vasily think? And where would the trolley land? Yes. So let's. Um, How dare you bring kebab to my deli? Let's cast our trolleys. Yeah. <laughs> let's cast what's the, our trolleys. Um, what's the closest station to uh, Vasily's? Oh, that's right? a good point, Sarakos. Let's have a look. Sarakos, I'm going to look at look at it on the maps. So I'd imagine it'd be Thornbury Station. Right. How far would that be away, I reckon? I'm just about to do a, a Google Directions. Yeah, I think that's important yeah. to know. No, no, fair. Just give me a sec. So it's in High Street in Thornbury. It is, is High it? Street in Thornbury. I don't ever remember it from my time down there. Train to Sarakos. Oof. Well, they're saying Preston Station's the closest, but I don't believe that. Um, How far away? Oh, just that's a fair way, no, no, no. It? it's just it's just wrong though. Was it's just? Wrong. I mean, probably don't. It's probably a question that doesn't really need answering. Yeah, it does. Need, it does need answering. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, I could set up a different narrative. No, it's cool. Let's just go there. I mean, it's important stuff. I think Dennis might be pretty close. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, just having a quick look now. One of the great name stations. It really is one of the great name stations. Yeah, I mean, who thought of that? <laughs> Genius, obviously. Absolute genius. Look, was I can't tell you for for certain. Unfortunately, um, we could name the station after our First Nations people. No, let's just call it Dennis. Let's just call it Dennis. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Sarakos, it is. Look, just let's just get into it, and I'll find the station. Okay. Well, I'm going to say Thornbury Station is 500 meters away from Sarakos, and I'm going to wheel my trolley down there. I'm just going to freaking leave it's it there. Like, I'm just going to like push it over. To the end of the platform, into the like the long grass. You're gonna go. And, you're gonna uh, go straight. Okay, that's that's a big. That's yeah, someone's gonna have to come fish it out. 
and uh, yeah, I don't know. It just it just didn't get me. Just didn't get me. Like I just, I I wanted to like it. I really did. Like I was excited when I worked out who this was, and then I just felt a bit let down by what this was. So yeah, five hundred meter with my um with my just whatever with my spent a couple of pan right there. Yeah, and maybe some Greek coffee, which, you know, it's just a cheap Greek coffee. Okay, so I can confirm that Croxton Station is the closest. Yes. And I can tell you that Croxton Station, in terms of a walk... Yeah, it'd be a fair walk, I reckon. Let's have a look. By foot, Croxton Station to Tsarakos is 800 metres away. Yeah, no, it's definitely... No, I'm not feeling that. You're not going that far? I'll go to a bus stop and chuck... You go to a bus stop. Shuck it into ch- some, just someone's ch- front yard. <laughs> just ditch it at a bus stop. All right, so that's uh, that's that's five hundred meters away from Siracos from uh, from Woz. Um, I'll go next. Look, I love this record. Um, I think I'm going to land on a seven. So I've I've similar I've, I, same spot basically. After I finished my shopping at Siracos, after listening to the Muktara record, I was like, oh fuck, I left. I forgot to pick up that you know the cheese, and I, and I went back, and I and I, and I didn't bring the trolley back, and I just went back to the car, and I was like, oh no, I actually should have taken the trolley back when I returned, and then I was like, nah, fuck it, I've got to go. Yeah, just go home. I've got to go. Go home. <laughs> got some gardening to I do. I got some gardening to do. <laughs> so yeah, seven for me. What about you, Kuma? Oh, uh, yeah. Look, I just it's like I've just done my shopping there, and I'm like, I've got everything. Like well, like I've got like most of like the the normal kind of groceries I'd usually get, like standard kind of stuff, and then you know I bought some nice deli items and all that, and then all of a sudden I'm just like unpacking, and it's just I realise I've left the terrible salat. Forgot to get terrible salat, so I'm going all the way back, but oh, it's closed, no. you know, it's all closed. But oh, I've got no. most of what I want from it, but yes, I've, I've kind of was you know. Brought the trolley all the way back, but it's closed. So, and like, there was no one. Ooh. There was, yeah. So, but look, I would. So, I would, so are, you saying, are you saying you've brought the trolley all the I, way I back? That sounds to me like yeah, you've brought, I, I, I was 10 gets, out of 10. No, no, I, I brought the, well, I brought the trolley. Well, well, okay, let's say not. No, no, that's cool. You can, no, no, it just, you can flesh the narrative out too much. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's like a evolving I got, story. Like I got all the standard groceries and I got uh, some good deli items that I want just to kind of really, you know, lift up the dinner and all that kind of stuff. And then I realized I forgot the key ingredient, the taramul salata, which is the icing on the cake, you know. Yep. And then, and yeah. I literally, you know, and I just realized like, you know, this is what's going to make it, you know, it's going to make like, you know, the best dinner party and like, you know, it's going to be like the dinner for the ages. And then I get back and it's all closed. You know, and there's someone inside the store, and I was like, "Can I not?" I'm knocking on the door. I was like, "Can I have the terrible slatty?" And he and he tells me to f off. You know, so like, you know, so, I still didn't <laughs> know where the trolley is, though. Kuma. The trolley is. I brought the trolley back. You know, but um, but look, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say six point five. Okay, so I'm gonna so add to I'm gonna add to your narrative, Kuma. So. You, because it's taking you're, 350 you're, minutes yeah, away you're, somewhere. You're really messing with the rating scale right now. Yeah. So basically, you've so t- he, you, he took it. He's taken the trolley go. back, right? And he's like, it's I, about total and, distance, and, Eric. And, and, total distance. Oh, uh, with the trolley. Okay, so it's, okay. But my understanding is he's taken the trolley back. He's gone for the Taramasala. They've said no. We're closed. 
And then he's like, well, you know what? I'm just going to wheel this trolley back to my car and just ditch it here. <laughs> yeah. Just f- 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 out that's, of vengeance. Like, that's the vengeance, yeah. That sounds like he really didn't like the album. Anyway. No, I didn't. Okay, I, no, so I, that's I, just, it's more of like a defeated. I felt a little bit defeated that I couldn't defeated. get it. More defeated than ven- vengeful. Yeah, yeah. more defeated. And maybe he bought a commercial type of... Like, I had um, high hopes. I had high hopes well. for Terra Musolata. There's no... Oh, uh, yeah. okay. I get it, right? So you were basically like... You were bringing it back expecting a 10 yeah. and then you're like, Terra Masala, no Terra Masala. Okay. And you're walking away defeated but not vengeful. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Okay, which, which which all adds up to a six and a half. All adds up to a six and a half. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Beautiful. So we've got a six and a half from Kuma. We've got a five from Waza and a seven from me. That was James Blake's most recent record, "Friends That Break Your Heart." Third album for the week is by the British rock band Coldplay. Coldplay are a British rock band formed in London in 1996. The band consists of vocalist, rhythm guitarist and pianist Chris Martin, lead guitarist Johnny Buckland, bassist Guy Berryman, drummer Will Chamberlain and creative director Phil Harvey. What the hell does that even mean? Did you say Wilt Chamberlain or Will Chamberlain? I think you mean Will, Will Champion. Champion. Oh, Will oh. Champion. Will Cha- isn't Will Chamberlain a Will basketball Champion. player? Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I did get like, mixed up. Same as um, Will Chamberlain. Beats and balls. Will Chamberlain yeah. in, 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 in Coldplay it basically hangs out with Lam, Lance Armstrong on the moon. Um, <laughs> okay, fair, so, fair play. Good comeback. Fair good play. Comeback. <laughs> fair play. <laughs> so the, so, we're, we're even now with yeah, the abuse yeah. of our guests. So, so the guys Excellent. in Coldplay met at um, University College in London and began playing music together from 96 to 98. And they called themselves Pictorials and then Starfish. So, look, I'm not going to go... I don't know if it's anyone needs to know about the how they came about but in essence I met in uni um, it's, it, there's nothing particularly exciting about the story I'm just going to cut to the chase um, April 2021 Coldplay announced a new single called Higher Power which was to be released on May 7th 2021 with a video live stream coinciding with the release of a single to be aired from the International Space Station Hey. Yeah, Chris Martin stated in an interview with Zane Lowe that the band would be working with Max Martin and his team on both the songs and the, the song and the new album. He said, oh, "Max is so our producer sense. right now for everything we do." On the fourth of May, Coldplay were announced as opening act for the 2021 Brit Awards, where they would be performing "Higher Power." On May 22, 20, on May 22, 
in 2021 that their pre-recorded performance at Glastonbury Festival was broadcast online. Um, the band also showcased a new song called Human Heart featuring R&B duo King. Blah, 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 Coldplay. Um, look, I mean, there's... Go, Eric. There's, I, I, you know, I just... I can't read about Coldplay enthusiastically in light of this record because I'm going to just go out there and say it. I almost... I, like, I could not get through this. I hated it. Um, I I don't di- I, I legit think Coldplay are a good band and I and I legit have like respect for Chris Martin's positivity and just like the fact that you know he's just a like a really seems like a just a really nice guy and, and and writes like pop bangers but for the love of God there's got to be a time where you've just got to stop and just go you know what <laughs> the world doesn't need us right now and. <laughs> This is one of those moments and it, you know, like, and, you know, I, I was like, I don't want to be just, I don't want to follow the trend. So I went and looked at some other reviews and all the reviews were kind of backing up what I was thinking, which was like, and this is what Rolling Stone magazine wrote, um, you know, quoting the lyric, you've got a high power, Chris Martin tells, um, you know, says, and by extension, each and every citizen of, on earth has a high power. Um, and, you know, the lyrics are things like, I'm so happy I'm alive. He, and then Rolling Stone magazine says, he may be literally the only person who feels this positive in 2021. And that, of course, is part of Coldplay's magic. But it's also part of the reason I just cannot get into this. Um, I, I listened to it. There was one song where I was like, this is sounds amazing. And mm. um, it almost sounded like a Muse track. And, like, the production was just, like, a million bucks and I, I got into it, and I'll just look for it really quickly. It's the only Coldplay song that's pro- I probably have liked in my Spotify history, and it was called what was it called? People of the Pride. I thought that was a, a good sounding song. You know, I mean, Max Martin, bless him. You know, the Hit Machine. No, no shade on Max Martin, but no, nah, nothing for me here. Um, no. Nah. Uh, uh, that's it. That's it. I, I can't. I can't talk about. You know. This. You know, Arik. Anymore. It's really interesting. What was that statement you made about Coldplay? How he's like. You know. He's sure, he's a nice guy, but he's been infuriating. I don't. Have you ever seen that TV show Extras? Yeah. You know, Dude, I was going to say. Like exactly you know, in that. Ricky the with the Ricky Gervais. I was going to talk about. Yeah. That. So there's an episode where it's like Ricky Gervais meets like, and like Ricky Gervais is in this yeah. kind of. He's doing a, an ad. Yeah. He's a, They're doing the uh, World Vision. The World or something. Vision ad. Is that what he's yeah, doing? And, oh no! It's like, what's his show? It's like, are you having a laugh? It's like kind of like an old timey kind of uh, like uh, what's that? Um... Yeah, but the the Chris Martin episode is when they come in and they're doing skits for World Vision. He's going, "What's this one?" And then they say, "I'm Chris Martin. I'm trying to save the world." <laughs> That's <he's>, right. <laughs> but he just comes off. He goes, "You just yeah." It's no, hilarious. but that, the, the, the so one good. episode I was thinking of is like, I think it's like, what's those um. Mrs. Brown's boys is kind of like it's so that he does like he does yeah, that show like, yeah, it's, are you having a yeah, laugh he's and it's like yeah. um, uh, Chris Martin's like he's kind of bougie just like like yeah I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in that episode yeah oh yeah he comes and he on. sings that's, a song and it's that's just right he does he sings a song and it has nothing to do with the series what I <laughs> so good I reckon Chris Martin I mean like is yeah. deeply self aware of where he sits in the kind yeah. of zeitgeist. Yeah, he's a popular um, Randy so like, Newman. He's I mean, got like, the voice of Randy Newman, but he writes like, you know, like full yeah, on yeah. Buddhist themes and all this kind of stuff, you know, like that's, you know. 
Look, I don't know. Hey, um, I, I just, I just quickly say this was like, yeah. you know, and and then I'll shut up because I don't want to bring the bring the the vibe down. Um, no, I mean, like you're going to be wheeling your trolley a long way away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shop. I but I, but I will tell I will tell you this, like, you know, we we reviewed the Foo Fighters record this year, and this sits in the same kind of sort of like pop mega guitar record as say a Foo Fighters record would, and. Like they can't even touch the Foo Fighters. Like the Foo Fighters, even if Dave Grohl is the happiest guy in the world with nothing to complain about, I still want to hear from him more than I want to hear from Chris Martin. So that's enough for me. Um, do you mind if I go, Kima? Go for it. All right. I the, I distinctly remember the first time I heard the song Yellow, and I my friend was working at a library. And he gave it to me on CD, like because you could bo- remember you could borrow CDs from the library. Yeah. And he gave it to me. I, I was I put it on my CD player in my car, I was driving over the Westgate Bridge. I'm like, ah, oh, this song is awesome. It is awesome. Like this song, this yeah. song is going to be huge. And but then I also thought, like, but they've just missed the Britpop boat, so they're probably just not going to make it. This band, like, That's you know, hilarious. they're at the end of the like the Britpop era, so probably you're not going to have a long life but like I really think it's and then did really you send good. him a message on um, on <laughs> no. send him a message and just no, say you look really this. good songwriting guys well done guys I think you know you just missed out but you've done so well with this song um, and then like that album of Russia Blood to the head came out and like remember Kingsville gave it like his album of the year remember like Triple J yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I like, remember that just like absolutely went off on it I was just like and I really liked that album and so, like, since that album, like, I think I'm like most people, including Yarek, that have probably just, like, so I'm giving this band a wide berth. And, like, the reality is they just, like, have been re- repeating themselves. Uh, maybe they aren't that cool. And, like, I, as we've just talked about, like, I've, I've always come to see that Chris Martin is just, like, a genuinely lovely and funny guy who isn't afraid to laugh at himself. And, like, there was also that carpool karaoke one yep. where he's just, like, Poking fun of himself. And then when he photobombed Beyonce and Bruno Mars at the Super that's Bowl. That's what I was going to say. At the Super Bowl, which was, we had that grin on his face. We were just like, I am so not cool yeah, enough to yeah, be here. Yeah, yeah. But hey, I'm just going to dance like an idiot yeah. and just like going, how lucky am I? Like, yeah, totally. what is going on? Totally. And, he, and I actually took that attitude into this album. So, and having said that, there were four songs that had emojis as a title, and that yeah. nearly really put me yeah. off a lot. Before wow. I even yeah, started yeah, 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 I, mean, I, yeah. I literally stopped paying attention. Okay, so this is where I landed on this. I thought the first half of this album was freaking awesome. Wow, okay. And it was euphoric. It was stadium. It was happy. And I got, I got genuinely happy listening to it. Like, I, I was so nice to check back in with this band. I love his voice. It's he's so su- distinctive. Such a good singer. It, it's so melancholic and it's soothing. It's almost like he's singing you a lullaby. Always. Like, mm. um, I thought the EQ and the mix was really interesting. Like, it had that sort of, it felt like there was a conscious decision to muddy up that low mix end of the mix. And, like, it felt weird at the start, I thought, when I, but once I sunk into it and my ears adjusted, I thought it was just awesome, like like a late 70s, early 80s mix. And that's that. I didn't realise Max Martin had done this, but that makes so much sense mm. now that you said that. Um, and like, because it, it sounded like a Charlie Puth sort of songwriting production lesson. Well, you've oh, okay, that, there right? you go. Because Charlie been, Puth, eh? You've been yeah, doing yeah. the Charlie Puth. Um, there you go. Well, I only made it three lessons class. in, but. But even though I'm only three who did three lessons, I'm, I'm feeling the production similarities, especially the snare and kick sounds, super compressed. 
Anyway, like it had that 80s pop aesthetic, you know, that Max Martin 80s pop aesthetic, you know, higher power. Higher power, I was getting like Don Henley, Boys of Summer vibe. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. mean that in a negative way. So yeah. by the time like that Jacob Collier collab rolled around, like I'm just going, I'm having that realisation that these artists are just so well suited vocally to work together as, and as humans because, you know, they've got that humour and that optimistic approach to life. And I was just really happy listening to something that was making me happy. So there's that. To be fair, I thought the back half of the album became really formulaic. I'm not going to mention my universe, which was a complete ripoff of One Direction's, you know, what makes you beautiful. Um, but I didn't care. I, I, I got what I wanted out of this album, which was like joy and happiness. It was unexpected. I wasn't thinking I was going to get anything out of it. And you know what, Eric? Like I got so much out of this release that the next time Coldplay tour Australia, you and me we're going. are getting tickets and we're going to be up front <laughs> with our hands in the air. I'll go. We're going to, in, like in a, non, in a non-chemical way, like we're going to be really you know, on it. Yeah. Maybe, like maybe we could get, get on like an beers. all music is good get on podcast. The, get, we'll get on the beers hot, hot, beforehand. Just, yeah, you know. let's, let's, um, let's get a supporters group going. And, we, you know, we can host a special group of our podcast fans at the front row I of Coldplay. That. Look, look, Don't you reckon it'd be awesome? I would, I would love to see Coldplay live because apparently it's I one of the best be shows. Awesome. It, like, it's one of the best shows It's going just a around. stadium. It's so Anthems. stadium. I, I just, just, I, I, I haven't read any reviews. I just listened to it for what it was. And especially that first half, right up to that Jacob Collier track, I was just, I thought I was loving it. I loved it. There so there you go. Yeah, it's Kimo really interesting you talk about their um, stadium shows because I think the most recent thing they did recently was like a bicycle-powered show. Did you hear about that? <laughs> oh, my god! Of course gosh. they did. Awesome. It's like because of like, you know, the climate change it. and like low carbon emissions. So there was like about, I think it was like, I can't remember, it was 60 or 100, 60 or 100 people were like a lucky. Yeah, 100 kids. 100 kids were just like just pedaling and listening to like, so they were getting the their pet, like their cycles were charging the stage so they can perform. You know, anyway, um, look. Sounds like the goodies on a three-wheeler bike, three-person yeah. bike. So, look. It's, yeah, it's an episode of the goodies. So, like, for me. <laughs> Chris Martin would have loved to come yeah, on the goodies. Yeah. So, like. Sorry, go, Chris so For me, like, there were moments. Like, for me with Coldplay, like, that, you know, the, the, the one with Yellow, that, you know, that, you know, like, The Scientist and all those tracks. I love those tracks. Even Viva La Vida. Yeah, yeah. Even, even yeah. though Viva, to my, uh, to, to my mind, even though Viva La Vida, like, ripped off Satriani. But that's okay. That's another story for another time and all that. But, um, you know, um, <laughs> I actually enjoyed parts of this album. There are things I, um, I'll let me tell, I'll I just, tell you what. I just I'll, want to flag t- that just Kumar. I want to flag that, you, you know, where you just led with the let's not talk about Coldplay ripping off Satriani sounds like a dark, like a deep, dark hole in an 8chan group. Yes, um, no, right. but they do. They, it's like, a deep part of the internet. deep part of the internet. Well, you, you know that story, yeah, Viv and Levine. Anyway, I'm not going to, let's not go there. Let's not go there. No, no, no I poly- do. No, no, no. That's what the podcast no, no. is. No, no, Kuma, no. Kumar, that is what the podcast is here for. All right. Living, uh. Uh, live, no, not Live and Levina Loca, yeah, sorry. Live I'm not thinking of the Ricky Martin Um Actually, there's a really interesting reference here. I don't know if you guys picked this up. So there's, I'm going to talk about the things I liked on this album. So one thing I loved. Okay. And then we're going to talk about the about funny things. And then I'm going to talk Satriani. about... Satriani. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about... So the, the songs I loved, like there was a couple of songs that I just absolutely loved. So yeah, Higher Power was a cool song, but for me, Humankind... That was a killer song. I really enjoyed that song. You know, it had that yeah. Vangelis intro. It was kind of a bit U2 and all that. 
And, like, just the chorus was just hooky yep. as and all that. And apparently, like, interesting, apparently Stephen, Wright, Stephen Fry had something to do with that song, which is quite interesting. I'd like to know what he had to do with it, you know? Like the, um, the guy from QI and all that. Uh, Maybe he's executive producer. Like yeah, yeah. there's, I've got, I've got something about, there's a lot of producers on this year. Um, for me, I think my favourite song, well, one of my favourite songs on it was The Human Heart. I think that song, The Human Heart with the, uh, what is it, yeah. We Are King and Jacob Collier. Like, I, I, I love I, that one. Jacob Collier, what a legend. Like, just like, you know, I love what he does with that, like that song. How good does it work together? Because they both got that sort of baritone yeah. tenor voices that just works so well together. Are you talking about so Chris well Munn and James Blay? No, 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 Jacob no, the, Collier. Um, Jacob Collier track. Yeah, that, right. that track was really cool. Um, the other song, look, the this, is, this is controversial, but I actually, I think it's for my own kind of like, because I just don't want to be taunt, taunt, taunted by the army, you know, but I actually enjoyed the BTS song, you know, so yeah, you know, I really, you know, like, okay. I just, I just really are love, you, you know, are you, are you just, is this an, is this an insurance policy? Yeah, it's hundred <laughs> percent insurance policy, man. <laughs> no, actually, no, in all seriousness, actually, I enjoyed my universe. I think, I think it's, that's what it was. That is about as commercial pop. And I know, I reckon that there's, you know, BTS. They it actually, sounds like One Direction, you know, you're beautiful. Nah, but I reckon like there's something about K-pop, you know. So I think the, the only thing with um the song is I'm not really into the rap. There you go. The BTS army is going to kill me now. All right, done. It's all done. Oh, God. All right. They're coming. Uh, they're no, coming but, for the, you. but the rap I wasn't really feeling. Um, But for me, actually, like, I don't know about you, was, but I love the last song, Coloratura. I just love. Oh, yeah, I like that too. Yep, I've got yeah, a heart on I that one. I feel like, like I when you really mentioned nice. the back half and you miss, I was like, man, is he, does he, like, the. Like what John and they do that quite often on their albums. They they put one sort of more down tempo song, like on that first Parachutes album. They had that song Amsterdam, yeah, which was like you know the, the piano sort mm. of intro. He's so good when he's just piano and but, his voice. Yeah, yeah but I like what that John Metcalf does, you know, I don't know if you know familiar John Metcalf. It's like just a mate. Like it starts with that kind of yeah. you know those parallel fifths. Like the kind, it's like the symphonies getting tuned up and all that. That was amazing, and yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I loved. I think the one thing I really love about Coloratura is like. That song perfectly, in my mind, it blended electric, electronic, and acoustic sounds together. I felt, you know, I really, I just really, really dug that. That's just just me personally, and um, you know, the feature of those Strode sisters. So look, there were the positive things, and now I'm going to the really hilarious things I noticed. So there's a track yeah, called there's a lot of hilarious. Things. So I don't know if you heard this, but you know the Infinity Sign track, the eleventh track. It's like a trance song. Like, it's just before Coloratura. If you listen closely yeah, 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 yeah. to the intro, I swear I heard, Ole, 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 Ole. I swear that was in the background of that trance. I 100% heard that. Liv, I reckon you- maybe um, people were walking past the studio going to Euro 2022 and they were just singing in the background. No. I bleeded through was, into the I room. think it was a decision. No? Okay. It was a decision. And it's like, you know, I think maybe it's like, they think that, no, like, the World Cup is coming Max home. Martin and decision. it's like, ole, 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 ole. Like, you hear it. And every time I heard it, I just started okay. pissing laughing. Like, just like, what yeah. is going on? And then it gets into, like, like trance. And it's like, take me to your Ibiza. I'm there, you know. I've got my, I've got my Ray-Bans on. I've got my shirt off. I'm, like, bronzed ass, you know. Like, just like, you know, I just felt like that. I love it. <laughs> so that was that. Um, now, the other <laughs> – Sorry. 
I just found it so hilarious. When I, I found it when I heard it. Like, you listen to that track, listen to it. You'll hear the football anthem. Like, ole, ole, ole. And I was just All like, right, I'm doing it. Rx is sitting here in utter disbelief. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm know, so still surprised you guys have play. so much to say about this record. Um, <laughs> oh, you actually, are you actually checking it out? What else came up? Okay, so pretty much um, the other things are oh, like, look, there was like a lot of these, um, like the chipmunk voice. Of, I don't, I don't know about the chipmunk voice. I know that was, yeah, there was a chip. I can't remember which song it was. I think it's, um, I think it's maybe beautiful, but like one, it had this like. I know, because it's like, I guess it's a space age theme. Like, the album's, like, based off his, um, it's like another kind of galaxy, and it's kind of based oh off God, that kind of Star Wars just... cantina thing and all that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, um, there's you a know, chipmunk I just, vocals. Um, I just I, didn't I just... get it. Yeah, and some of the kind of, like, computer vocals, kind of, I don't know, like, the robot stuff wasn't my vibe, but I totally understand. Sure, that's all cool. But it's hilarious, like, it felt really like you know how like these pop songs they'll drop in these kind of like Easter eggs of classic songs. Like I heard a massive one in the song called "Let Somebody Go" when I just started hearing the Whitney Houston song "Somebody." <laughs> you know, like just heard. Oh uh, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, I heard that and it's like, man, this is Whitney Houston. I'm sure Whitney Houston has a writing like a ghost writing credit on it. And then like <laughs> higher power, <laughs> higher power. I swear, there's a part of the song. It's a summer of six. That's Don Henley's song. No, but like, I swear, there's a moment, it reminds me of that Australian band, The Preachers. You know that song, Is This How You Feel? Like the kind of verse section. So that I find that kind of interesting. Um, what else? Yeah, so I mean, like, yeah, so I found that hilarious. So the things... Ooh, are, Apple Apple Martin's got a credit on the yeah, song. Now, this, oh, is, now this is the other thing I have. This is more outside the music, the producers. Like, so it seems like there was three teams of producers. There was Holter and Martin... There was Simpson and Green and some dude yep. called Rocco. And I just wonder how they yep. work together. Like, how would they? Because, you know, like, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know how, like, you know, get five cooks in a room saying, this is how you make Nilgri chicken. And it's just like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how they do it. But I totally understand the Apple Martin kind of thing. Because it's kind of like, you know, I don't know what Apple Martin would have said. But I'm sure, like, Chris Martin would have put it there. It have been like, all right. I'm going to get Apple Martin sorted for life. This song is going to be, you know, like it's going to sell. Yeah, that's right. That might have been her inheritance. I feel like it's a yeah. trust fund. I'm just going to quickly, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. before we take it to the rating scale, I can confirm that track 11 100% yeah. has this incredibly creepy subliminal insertion <laughs> of ole, Yeah, exactly. Ole, ole, ole. It 100% told you, man. It's in there. It's in there. I was like freaking it's out. And it's I'm, in there. It is completely in there, and it's <laughs> like it's 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 like it, like it's blisteringly loud with being whilst being completely inaudible. So, for anyone listening, so that 4K, K oh man, it's Eric. something else. It's actually <laughs> it's a complete it fucking is head fu- fuck. In there. It is so track hilarious. Track eleven. Man. It is so hilarious. I heard track that. eleven. Go and listen to it. It's like a ma- it's like a magic eye for music. <laughs> You, know, you mean you a magic ear for music, a magic ear. Once you hear it. It's a magic ear, it's a magic ear. Yeah, yeah. Once right. you hear it, you can't not hear That's it. That's right. Well, let's take it to the rating scale. Because um, <laughs> you've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> you go first, Eric. Okay, well, I'm just going to say, you know, I basically did my load of I, – I, I walked the – I walked, you know, I'm living in Preston. I walked the fucking – I walked all the way home with a trolley and just dumped it 
in my front yard <laughs> on its side. Why would you leave it in your front yard? That's obvious. I was, I was just, you know, I was just feeling, feeling emotional um, after the whole experience. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving this nothing. Zero out of ten. Oh, zero. zero. Hated wow. it. Wow. Hated it. Absolutely hated it. Couldn't stand you it. You hated it more than you hated Pash, uh, Cash, Cash Page. Page. Really? Oh. <laughs> this is about. Oh my god! I just. Fucked up. I know. This is this is this is a dead zero for me. Over to you guys. <laughs> that's brutal, man. That's ridiculous. I reckon it's a bit. That's that, I think that's a bit too brutal. You know. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know I what? Agree. I'm gonna go. Um, yeah. You go, you go, 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 go. Kumar. You go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm I'm uh, I'm waiting up on on Greek desserts. So I'm gonna get some you know a nice orange syrup cake with some rose water. <laughs> Maybe you know most you know obviously some galata burrito and. Uh, Maybe like some sort of lemon, some sort of lemon treat, you know, some spongy lemon cake. And um, I'm just going to, yeah, drive, walk it down to my car, which is like, you know, 250 metres away. Oh, my God. Seven and a seven half. Seven and a half? You've gone higher on this than the James Blake record. Oh, my God. Uh, the James Blake record was rubbish. Oh, shut no, it was some rubbish. I wish I had given that a zero. Oh, shut your mouth. Loser. Over to you, Kumar. Kumar, what do you reckon? Yeah, so like pretty much it's like it's a busy, it's like it's a Saturday morning. It's another dinner, another dinner, another kind of feast and all that. And I get everything I want, but because it's so busy, I get no love from, um, uh, oh, my God, what's his name? Sorry. So, Vasily, help me, Arik. Yeah. What's his name again? So, uh, oh, Vasily Sarakos. Sarakos. Like, I see Sarakos and it's like, hey, Sarakos, how are you? And he just gives me no gives me no, no time and just, just, go, just going straight back That's to work. Die, Kuma. Yeah, so pretty much it's like yeah. I get what I want. But I just need that love at the end, so I'm going to give it seven point five as well. So, so around how many meters was that? So about three, two hundred fifty meters. Yeah, two hundred fifty meters. Yeah, two hundred fifty meters. Yeah. But there's no, there's just oh, like, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what can you say? Ole, 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 ole. Like he's okay. just positivity goddess, man. It got us. It just he was just it was so happy. Like, I'm really thrilled. For I just you guys. find it hilarious. Um, like it's like Apple Martin has a credit. Like what? The, how old is Apple know, Martin? So, awesome. so many things are good. It's, <laughs> it's so just good. like what Hollywood. So... I don't know it's like that celebrity hilariousness. You know. Anyway, Jimmy Barnes on the Tin Leads. Exactly. <laughs> Coldplay music of the, of the Spheres. It's a zero, a seven point five, and a seven point five. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back.
fourth album we're going to look at tonight is Bad Bad Not Good's new album, Talk Memory. Founded in 2010, Bad Bad Not Good came together while the members were students at Humber College Jazz Program in Toronto. Uh, communing over their shared love of jazz and hip-hop, they composed a piece based upon the music of Odd Future, a performance which they uploaded online. It attracted many views and was spotted by Tyler, the creator from Odd Future. In 2011, Bad Bad Not Good released their debut album, BBNG. It included covers of music by Odd Future, a tribe called Quest, um, and was recorded in just one three-hour session. Following the album release, the trio recorded a live session with Tyler, the creator, opened for Roy Ayers at the New Jazz Festival in their hometown of Toronto and performed at Giles Peterson's Worldwide Awards. Pretty good. Um, their second record, uh, BBNG2, was released in 2012, this time recorded within a 10-hour slot and once again featuring original pieces as well as cover versions of music by My Body Valentine, Kanye West and James Blake. That's a nice little synergy link up tonight. No, I uh, don't think that was pre-planned. In the same year, uh, Bad Bad Not Good was the Coachella Festival Band in Residence, playing six different sets as well as the backing band for Frank Ocean. I mean, it's these, these pretty good. Um, Bad Bad Not Good were then drafted to be part of the production and musical composition team for the soundtrack of the film The Man with the Iron Fists. They did production work for Earl Sweatshirt and Danny Brown as well as a remix of JJ Doom's Key to the Cuffs. The group's third record, Three, was released in 2014 and included the singles Hedron, CS60 and Can't Leave the Night. In February 2015, the group's collaboration with Wu-Tang Clan's, Clan's Ghostface Killer titled Sour Soul was released by Lex Records. Yeah. In early 2016, the trio became a quartet when Leyland Witty... What, uh, is it Witty joined on saxophone? Yeah, I think it's Witty, yeah. Bad Bad Not Good. Yeah, yeah. Bad Bad's Not Good first album with Woody 4 appeared on Innovative Leisure that following July. The album features guest appearances with Future Ireland's Samuel T. Herring on Time Moves Slowly, producer Kate Trinata, um, and rapper Mick Jenkins um, for the boot on the Billboard 200, top t- what, 200 and top the jazz album chart. Group's contribution to the Late Night Tales mix series appeared in 2017, and the following year they collaborated with Sweden's Little Dragon on the single Tribe. Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Chocolate Conquistadors for the game Grand Theft Auto Online, and the track was released in 2020s. Oh, this was, um, they worked with MF Doom uh, that did, um, when they did Chocolate Conquistadors. Um, and it was uh, released several weeks after his death, but before it was announced to the public, Talk Memory is the band's first album for XL Records with guests including everyone's favourite string arranger of choice. In 2021, Brazilian legend Arthur Verkai um, and also has spots from Brandy Young. Actually, one thing I will say, in 2019, keyboardist Matthew Tavares announced his departure from the band, though he continues to work with them as a songwriter. So, like, the massive question in my mind is that when one takes away sort of one-third of the band and that one-third of the band is the primary melodic force in the band, that's sort of big subtraction. So, like, you know, and, like, I jumped on Bad, Bad, Not Good for albums three and four. So, like, I was pretty hesitant. Like, and I, I really, really love this band. Like, they like, I, I don't know why I didn't go see them at the corner, um, but, yeah, that album four is just, it's brilliant. I loved it. Um, so yeah, I was really, yeah, hesitant. So from from my end, 
I thought from a sonic perspective, the changes are pretty minimal. Um, they have this ability to keep both feet in the old and new camps. Um, in the old sense, they have this sort of ability sonically to sound like the band's recording some sort of 60s or 70s library music album. Like, there's so much air, subtle use of instruments. I really like how the flute generally sits in unison on lead lines that sort of give it this sort of retro-modern library flavour. Um, and in a modern sense, obviously, they've worked with, you know, hip-hop luminaries, and it just means they, they've really covered things off on both both sides. Um Musically, I thought it was really interesting. Um, you know, how often do you have a crazy-ass bass solo on track one of an album? I mean, that was that was insanity. I really liked it. <laughs> um, the album, I don't know, it, it, overall was a loungy, jazzy instrumental affair with sort of lashings of library, hip-hop, brasilica. Mm. Did I love it? I liked it, but I, I don't know. It seemed to be missing that magic. Um, did you listen on me. headphones like, or did you listen on a stereo? Uh, headphones. So I, I, I went back and listened to four after listening to this album because I, um, I, I wanted to sort of work out what it was that I loved so much about four that I felt that was missing from this. And I think the melodic themes on four were way stronger than this than this album. Um, it was a lot more concise, and I think the more freeform approach on talk memory might be them releasing the reins a little bit more but from a listening perspective sort of both three and four i thought were stronger albums and i also think the addition of guest vocalists on those other albums also do a lot from a flow perspective um so like yeah it's pretty harsh to compare albums especially for this band i've you know i've got so much respect for but i think it's like a really solid effort it's highly listenable but just didn't fully suck me into where I wanted it to go. Yeah, I think from a Wadik's perspective, the themes weren't weren't right there for me. Yeah, that were my thoughts. Who'd like to go next? Why don't you go, Coom? Okay, cool, yeah. So, like... I agree with everything you said was. Yeah, that was So, great. I actually agree great with most of the things, actually, you said. I don't know, like, oh, interesting <laughs> tidbit. I don't know. Obviously, I saw that corner show, and that was really cool. But apparently, they came out a lot earlier on, and they played at the Laundry. Did you know about that? No, they did. I didn't Yeah, know so apparently time. they did, like, but they, nobody knew who they were. This is, like, maybe after when they did that tar thing, and I think it's only, like, those underground fans, and they did a laundry set, which is at the three-piece and all that. Apparently it was, like, the wildest thing ever. Amazing. But, um, yeah, Amazing. so it's really interesting you mentioned three and four. For me, this is, like, a return to the three album, you know, like, you know, and I yep. actually preferred three over four. That's just me personally. And I kind of, for mm-hmm. me, I get I get your points was that, like, Sure, like definitely four has the stronger themes, but I'd rather listen to Talk Memory than actual number four because I think for me, I say that yeah. you know, for just for me personally, it's like when I see the live show, and I'm just going from my experience of seeing them live, it's like this energy is captured. I feel that energy is captured in Talk Memory, yeah. and often I find, yeah, like those you know, people make jazz albums, and you know, and I feel like. So it's just like when you you know like you, some bands are just amazing live and like the, the, you know some this the energy doesn't necessarily translate well onto the album and I just felt like I was just reading about this album and obviously you know they've lost a key member Matthew Tavares and when I was listening to it I yeah. was like I was like that is a massive loss you know and you're going in as a three piece so this Leyland Witty he's taking on three roles he's primarily you know I like to think primarily a sax player but he's also playing guitar he's also playing keys he's also playing flute he's taking on like a big load but um 
but for me, you know, yeah. like this is the bad, bad, not good I like listening to. And it's like, it's kind of, I don't, I don't want to yeah. say dangerous, but I felt the energy. Like the first track, Signals from Noise, what a way to start off an album. Yeah, it's killer. It is absolutely. Oh, like, man. And yes, interesting. It's what? Oh, uh, and what's so interesting, good. I don't know if you read the creds, but you know who had a part in the production was Floating Points. I was really interesting about interested about that. So he was ah, he was a producer oh, on this track, yeah. I did not look at that. Yeah, I, I think his name's Sam Shepard. I think that's, anyway. Anyway, but like, yeah, yeah and uh, like the other thing, that, that bass solo, just the fuzzed out bass, it makes a few oh, presents. And so it was, good, isn't it? It was so good. But I just love, yeah, it was kind of, it reminded me of like, you know, it's like jazz rock and then it went like spiritual jazz and I actually enjoyed the kind of how it went, like the time changes went like super fast and it was brought back to that kind of chill theme and then it finished off in this really kind of like minimal, it's just like hitting that ting, ting, do there's a really haunting theme to nothing. Like I really enjoyed, like that was a favourite track. Unfolding yeah, yeah. was like, for me, I'll tell you what, pretty much of the first five tracks I loved, I just loved them. Like Unfolding was really six. Like fully sick. I like the the guy Laraji was playing that electric zither. I thought it was like a Koto, but it's electric zither that had that kind of mystical kind of you know Alice Coltrane esque kind of you know spiritual mm. jazz vibe. Yeah. And like Leyland Witty's like you know the Leyland Witty, like the sack that the arpeggio is doing is like amazing, like a virtuosic stuff. Like the improvisations throughout the whole album, I just love. It wasn't just like it's a soloist and a rhythm section. The interplay between drums and soloist was like amazing. I really loved that. It felt like an absolute mm. communication between, and like, you know, obviously the trio situation, you know, someone has to hold it down. And I felt like, you know, obviously they've lost, yeah, yeah. what's his name, Tavares, but like they still yeah, yeah. held it down. I still felt that band chemistry and it was really refreshing to hear that, you know, like, and yeah, and like I was reading about it, how they really spent a lot of time. Like, I think they, I think they literally, some of these songs were recorded later on it wasn't recorded like back to back or something like that. they just recorded way later on it was amazing you know but like those tra- unfolding was sick city of mirrors was really sick you know like the arthur verica you know what can you say you know he's got that tropicalia sound you know that kind of that the real kind yeah, yeah. that real thing like that beside april that was it, a, yeah it is the real deal he's the real deal and like you know even like love proceeding like you know the bass player chester hansen he was getting all james jameson with all those kind of like sick kind of like baselines and it was like <laughs> yeah like this Leyland witty like you know he's you know like when he was playing the guitar so like when he started off it's like oh man i don't know man maybe stick to keys and sax but then he started getting into it it's like man he's a triple threat you know he's a triple threat you know like yeah amazing you know i think for me like the weaker song was maybe timid intimidating but like i don't know like otherwise like Man, I, I love this album. I, like, yeah, one thing I mentioned to you during the week um, was was there's like apparently on the actual vinyl there's like another track, but it's only physical. Yeah. This open channels. I was trying to find it. I like. I wonder if it would have changed my review of the actual um kind of. Yeah, album. probably would have destroyed it. Probably would have gone to a zero. Yeah, 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 would have gone straight <laughs> to a zero. But look, I just in like in all essence, like yeah. even like the Brandy Younger, that harp player, and um Terrace Martin that kind of sax player as well. Like, the collaborations yeah, yeah. I felt on this album worked well. They, the, like, you know how sometimes there's collaborations for, like, the collaborations worked well. Nothing. Yeah, they were pretty seamless. It felt really, yeah. like, for me, this album, it actually felt like a story was being, you know, like, told. Like, I felt like an ending and, like, a big, I don't know. 
like a beginning and an ending and I know for what was the um what's his name Riggins what's the guy Kareem Riggins, Riggins name? is like the a drummer, drummer. But he's like but I think he's also like yeah what what yeah what he, he plays in um what else did he what did he play on that because I'm like why he's was a, he's Kareem a Riggins on this like, like percussionist drummers yeah on the beside April yeah right yeah he yeah. would have played like. I'm pretty sure it was percussion. I think it was like percussion stuff as well. Right. They would have been like two drummers, but not like full on, like, you know, violent kind of stuff. Like there's like, yeah, I, I totally vibe with this album and I love just like the interplay and I f- there's the freedom of the solos. Like, yeah, I just, I w- I'm a big fan. I'm definitely a big fan of this album. You know, like of all the albums, I probably listen to. Out of all the guys yeah. on, on this podcast... Out of all the guys in this podcast, Kuma, you're like you're probably the most jazziest out of all of us. Like, do you? I I kind of feel you reckon like I'm the most jazziest. I reckon like, Tamara do, Murphy. Do you think they are Tamara Murphy. You know, Mick Ma, right? No, no, no. On this podcast tonight, tonight, oh, tonight. tonight. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon they're an important band? This band? I think they are. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Like you know, they're in that kind of vein of like you know, like the your Thundercat and your Kamasi Washington and. You know, I feel like this this there's this modern movement that's happening. This kind of this um, I don't know what the term is, but it's like you're know, coming back to like this you know this modern kind of jazz take where it's like it's taking on like people listening. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't put, I can't pinpoint it, but I think they are important. They've definitely made an influence and mm. on people, you know. And I I don't know. Like I I love their music, you know. Like you know, like number three for me that that album I could listen to like every day. Every day, never get sick of it. And I feel this one is pretty close, pretty close to this. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to wrap up my thing because I can fully just gush on these guys and all that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I just loved it. Yeah, yeah. I love the variety. Leyland Witty is the triple threat, you know? You know, like, you know, he, mm. what, what, yeah, like, Tavares is gone, but like Leyland Witty, you know, amazing. But I really love this record. I yeah, love the interplay. I loved, I loved everything about it. So I remember seeing these guys headline Laneway Festival, okay. um, probably twenty summer of twenty eighteen, and I was there with a few friends. Going, the fuck is this? Like, I mean, I'd, I'd come across Bad Bad Not Good. I'd never seen them live before, and I was like, this is unheard of. This is like the the ultimate hipster festival. And they have the headline spot and the crowd is absolutely losing their minds to like legit amazing impro jazz sax solos, all sorts of stuff. And to kind of go to your point was like I think this band is a really special band because Mm. um, however it's been packaged as well, like it's been packaged in a way, like if it wasn't released on a hipster label... um, and it wasn't, you know, at Laneway, and it wasn't XL Recordings putting out, putting out the record. Then it might just be on Jazz Ears, and it, but it, but it's just got this coolsy factor. And these guys, well, they, they seem to take elements of different genres and fuse them, yeah. You know, with the jazz overtones, all all the good stuff from all the things that they fuse yeah, together. They wear caps and, and, t- they, and they wear caps yeah. and t-shirts, and, they, and they, they collect records. You know, like you know, it's just like they're really hip dudes. You know, yeah, totally. <laughs> They're hip dudes, but I think I think I think the reason why they're the, the, like their trajectory started on a more hip hop tip, yeah, and yeah, that is cred. how they set it up, right? And yeah. it, so it's just a I think I think it's just a really interesting phenomenon because they they started in hip hop, even though they were always jazz guys, and then just 
Now they can just kind of do anything. They're bad, bad, not well, good. Well, you could say that about Glasper as well and all those sort of crew. Who's, but Glasper yeah, was always you know, more jazz. Yeah, he was jazzy, but he always like got his commercial um, thing from doing you know dealer covers and things totally. like that. So I'd say Thundercat might be in the in the closer category. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thundercat's yeah. more like a kind of psych sort of R and B superstar, even though he's just a jazz dude. You know. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, I'll get to the record. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. The first time I listened to it, I was in the garden, gardening with my Matic. And, and like, um, my girlfriend was like, what's with this jazz? You said you hate jazz. Like, at some point I said I hate, like, some jazz. And every time any jazz comes on, I'm like, this is, she's like, what are you listening to? You hate jazz. I'm like, no, I don't hate jazz. I just, there was just some jazz I don't like, but I like You're going to get that for the rest of your life, for, all right? Forever, right? <laughs> Anyways, I was listening to it in the garden and I was like, not feeling it. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to turn this off. And then I listened to it on headphones um, and I listened to it twice in a row and I was like, this is, this yeah. is, sense. this is so, so Exactly the same, Mark. I listened to it twice in headphones as well. Yeah, yeah. it's just so good. So, look, I'll just get to it. I mean, I'm not going to add anything new to it except that, um, yeah, my, you know, the signal from the noise track, just there was something about that and it's so interesting, Kumar, that you said that Floating Points is involved because it's got that, like, compositionally, the way the way he works is he kind of often creates this, like, bed of noise and then things just kind of, like, tear down really gently yeah. and then, like, the hook or the theme emerges and... My note before you said floating points was um, I love when the hook emerges from the noise. It's mm. so grand and understated at the same time. And then you compare that to like the main theme in that um, Ferris Sanders floating points record and you're like, fuck, that's a, that's a thing that that guy does and he does it so well. Um, love that, love City Mirrors, beside April, loved it, loved proceeding, loved it. Beside, yeah, so they're, they're, they're my highlights. Um, I think we've spoken enough about this. We can probably get down to the review now. Um, I might go first. Um, I think this is going to be one of those records that I'm just, it's just going to be part of my 2021 listening experience. So I'm, I'm, I'm being pretty non committal apart from my Coldplay review this week. I think I'll give this. I'm probably going to listen to this more than the James Blake record. Let's say that. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take it. I uh, 200 meters away from Syracuse is where I drop, drop the, tr- the shopping trolley. Eight out of ten. Go, Kuma. Yeah, it's just like for me, it's like Syracuse has just seen me from walking from my car towards his deli, and he's just welcomed me with open arms, and it's like, come on in, Mister Show. Come on, Mr. Show, let me show him this lovely produce, you know. And he's, like, giving me, like, so much. And it's just, like, and then literally I get back to my car and once again he's forgotten the Taramul Salata, but it's all it's all good because I have to be somewhere and it's all fine. It's all fine. So, for me, I'm literally, like, 100 metres away from this. Like, so I'm actually going big. I'm going to hey. be 9 out of 10. It really did impress me. I think the big thing for me is, like, you know, I got the live energy I wanted from Bad, Bad, Not Good on a recorded album. Mm, and that's point. a big part for me, you know, like, because people can make beats and people can make sick melodies, but where's that live energy you want? And it's, that's, that's what I got, mm. you know, it was, and it was, you know, it wasn't like trimmed. It was, I got it. And when it stopped, I was happy, you know? So, yeah. 
cool. Um, did you say let me show me some of these fresh fruits and vegetables? No, I said let me show you, but cool. you can, we can we can do that. Uh, we can do that. Show me. <laughs> I like that. Uh, <laughs> um, look, I'm not going to get quite as hard, hard, but um, like you know, if I was to rate four, which is my favorite, I would give that a nine and a half. I think that's just like just an incredible album. So when I say I didn't like this as much, you know, it's still dropping back to a pretty high base. Um, I parked the car 125 meters away, and then I've taken the trolley back as well. So uh, what's that? Two fifty seven and a half for me. Seven and a half. Really liked it. Solid. All right. So we've got a seven I love these and a half. I think these guys are important. Yeah. These guys are an important band. I love these band. I'm going to have to go back and listen to four. But look, that, that brings us to the end of our uh, episode 31 of the All Music Is Good podcast. Kumar, um, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk music again, once again with absolute you. Absolute pleasure, it, guys. It's, yeah. um, it's uh, yeah, you know, we don't say this, you know, without with any kind of um, tongue and cheekness. You, you, what you bring to, like speaking about music, <laughs> I'm Buzz and Aldridge. I'm Buzz Aldridge, Eric. You are Buzz Aldridge. Buzz you Aldridge. are Buzz Aldridge. Buzz Aldridge of this podcast. <laughs> you are the Lance Armstrong of the All Music Is Good podcast, and but and I don't, I we don't know, mean don't doping. We mean Armstrong. landing on the moon. I, I, I ain't cheating. Um, I ain't cheating on this music. You can say the, Buzz Aldridge. You that ain't guy cheating. Doesn't exist. You're the Yarn Ulrich. Yeah, the Yarn yeah, Ulrich. Yeah. You're, you're not cheating. You're landing. You're landing. Fucking the moon. The the lunar module on the on the moon. Um, uh, well, I mean, he just comes on and he shows us that our research is so terrible. I mean, what are we doing nah, with this podcast? Yeah, I mean, we've got to lift that game, Eric. Nah, you're you're, you're, re- you're nah, I feel like man, they're like uh, like you know, I feel like Ryan is the research king though. Like you know, like Ryan and who uh, that yeah, what's his name, Chip. Chip, I felt was a research, you know, yeah, big, big, big researcher. Yeah. Look, it has been again, like you know, as I said, it, you know, we do this to talk music, and and you always bring a, another level of like really amazing insight, and um, and just like hear, see things, and hear things in the music that you know it is a pleasure <laughs> to hear from you, and hopefully, people also hear at home. So, Kuma, thank you. The Lance Armstrong of the All Music nah, is Good No, no, you can't podcast. say that. It's going to be Buzz Aldrich. It's Buzz Aldrich. When you say see right, things, I'm the just buzz... thinking Coldplay, Ole. If anybody out there listens to, like, that Coldplay song, <laughs> you will hear Ole. You will hear Ole. You will hear it. Track 11. Track 11. Track All 11. Right, now it's time to show... Time to show me him out the door right. now, Harry. <laughs> Goodbye. Time to show me him out the door. Kumar Shom, thank you for joining the All Music Good podcast. Thank you so much. Waza, yeah. uh, as always, thank you for holding us together on this, uh, I guess, lovely spring night as we look forward to reopening and seeing each other in person once again. This has been the All Music is Good podcast. We'll see you next time.